and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 144. I am your host, Kamran Shushtar, and with me is... James Selig. And we are once again joined for the third time by... Yeah, I think it's Boba Fett, Demon Slayer, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, by Andreas. And dude, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you for having me again. It's a pleasure. And I, I, I appreciate your background. There. Yeah, it's a nice it's to your background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta have it. This is th- this guy's the one who needs to leave. These other two can stay. <laughs> hey, 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 you know, it's all about the underlings. <laughs> I know, I know. But we are here to finally talk some Destiny Two, The Witch Queen, along with uh, Season of the Lost, and if we have time, I'm not sure if we will, but uh, Season of the Risen as well, or at least like what we got so far, because it feels like it ended already, kind of. Yeah, it's super uh, strange. <laughs> it has to be yeah. like a last week mission or something, but we'll see. But uh, we also got news this week for uh, all gaming. Everything everything is gaming today. But uh, E3, PlayStation. So we'll be talking about like the new PlayStation Now, PlayStation Plus uh, combination that they're doing. And then the cancellation of E3 for this year. Uh, and of course, guys, how are you doing this week? It's a, it's a new week. And I'm doing pretty good. I for one feel good. I, yeah. I maybe like was a little bit sleep deprived this week. Like, I don't know. I just like one week or one day I was just like super tired and then I like didn't get good sleep that night and I've just messed up for like days. <laughs> Other than that, I'm doing fine. Yeah, can't complain. It's been a good week for me. Same, similar things. I think this time of year, I don't know what it is. It's uh, been, been no, not not a lot of rest. It's that, it's that <laughs> spring start, man. It's just part of it. Yeah. The allergy yeah, season. Oh, yeah. The season definitely does it to you. Robins are out, pollen's out, everything's out. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. the sun is out more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of a lot of fun stuff. And we'll be going uh, longer than we did last week. Last week was forty-five minutes, and I was <laughs> uh, still hot off the surgery recovery, feeling like crap. But uh, yeah, things are different now, and I feel more energetic to talk compared to last week, where I was like, "Hey guys, <laughs> welcome to the new episode." So it's the smooth jazz 3 a.m. Yeah. episode. You know? Welcome to the lounge, everybody. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we got we got a lot more to say here. And uh, just like uh, previous more featured content uh, for Destiny, it's going to be broken down into various topics that we'll be going through to have it more organized and kind of tackle everything that we can. But uh, let us just jump right into the news. And because these are some big pieces, uh, James, if you want to set a... 10 minute timer for each minutes, one okay. that'll be the maximum time can do but uh we'll start off of course with the new playstation plus tiers that were created and you know we knew about this for a while they, they were calling it project spartacus uh they combined playstation now and playstation plus it's been rumored for so long now and then we finally got the i guess the leak that it would be showing up sometime in this past week we just had mm-hmm. and the reveal was you know, pretty much what I expected, kind it was of. a little lackluster it was, for me. Huh? It was overhyped, but the crazy thing was Sony never hyped it up to begin That's with. That's true. It was yeah. just everyone's like, it's going to be big or they yeah. got to do this. And Sony just never said anything and went, here it is. PlayStation blog post. Come read about it. Yeah. And then that was it. There was no like I think the reason why there was so much hype is just because... Microsoft has been killing it with Game Pass for like the last year or so. And people were like, mm-hmm. well, wouldn't it be awesome if Sony had an equivalent to that? 
And we were hoping that it was going to be that. And, you know, come June, we might try it out. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is just as good as Game Pass. Maybe better because there's, at least on paper, more games on it. But I don't know. It's just the way they revealed it. It's just like, yeah, it's just kind of combining PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus. Take Mm -hmm. it or leave it. (laughs) And I don't know. It might be cooler than that, but it just... I think Microsoft rolled out Game Pass with a lot more, like, flair. And even when I vaguely remember Mm -hmm. at the time going, like, they're not going to get me to pay monthly to, like, download a bunch of random games. And now I'm like, I can't live without Game Pass. It's amazing. Yeah. It has all the games I want to play and more. So, I don't know. I think that's why people got, like, hyped at the potential of a Sony Game Pass. And then Mm -hmm. this comes out and it's like, oh, it's basically what we already had, but... Just better priced, I guess. Yeah. Now, I have a question for you, Cameron, because you're a PlayStation master. Maybe both of you are, but I, I know Cameron a little better, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, does PlayStation have like a cloud streaming on mobile um, platform? Because I know PlayStation play. Now. Okay, so yeah, so PlayStation Now is is right their streaming mm-hmm. platform. That's why a lot of the PS3 stuff is there because it's cell architecture nightmare. Um, but I think for me, one of the biggest strengths of Game Pass is that you can boot up your phone, play the same saves that Absolutely. you have on any of your other Game Pass games on your phone through streaming at home, on the couch, you know, wherever, when you're out and about. And it's great. I, I play a lot of games that way. Um, and it's superior to Stadia, like in every single way possible. And I'm wondering, is is remote play that robust where you can be anywhere? You don't have to be near your hardware or do you have to be so near the way your remote play it? works? Is it instead of streaming off of some random PlayStation uh, server, yeah, it streams server, yeah. from your PlayStation. That's so, what I thought. Yeah. Which is, yeah, not it's be just kind best. of like a weird long range. Hot yeah. Spot, and it, if that makes yeah, sense, yeah, yeah, it yeah. really depends okay. on how good your internet is and the internet where you are. Mm-hmm. So yeah, exactly. It, it can be okay and it could be really dodgy. So it could be on okay. like a, a train and then all of a sudden tunnel. Fuck yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing exactly. multiplayer. And yeah, like so far my experience with game pass is just so much more seamless and it just, mm-hmm. yeah. it works so well. It's, it's, it's like strong. so shocking how well it works. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think the only thing they've been really doing is the partnership with Apple that like, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it works well on iPhones and then, you know, you can go to an Apple store and there's PlayStation 5 controllers. At That's the, true. At this point. Yeah, uh, yeah. But otherwise, yeah, it's not as robust whatsoever. But there's also um, no like PlayStation Now app for iOS mm-hmm. or even on like I, I tried to look it up. I can't play uh, PlayStation Now on my MacBook because they have a Windows app, mm. but they don't have a, Play, uh, a Windows app. No, a Mac app. So... Yeah, and I can absolutely play Game uh, Game Pass uh, X Cloud on my Mac because mm-hmm. they just figured out how to do it on a web browser page, and it works. Yeah, exactly. So in order to compete, uh, that's mainly my point: is they're going to have to do this because it's the future, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the reasons they might not have hyped it is because they know that it's not feature complete yet. So they're just like, it's more of just a combo bundle, and then in like a month or two, we can hype it up with some crazy new features or yeah. exclusives or that something. The moment you know, the moment they say God of War Two is a day and date release with this new PlayStation package, it is the day people actually care about it. Right yeah. now, there's really nothing to which, care about, which will never happen. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll see. I, I highly 
But uh, I guess first off, just going through like what the tiers are like. There's mm -hmm. uh, Essential, which is two monthly game downloads, uh, exclusive content or exclusive discounts, uh, cloud store storage uh, for saved games, and then the you know free. It's or not free, but like access to yeah. multiplayer online. It's basically exactly what PlayStation Plus is currently unchanged. Yeah. And I noticed now they're lowering the uh, games to two in June. Right now it's mm. currently three. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what that means. I'm pretty sure they're going to uh, probably subtract a PS4 game. So now it'll be one PS5, one PS4 game. Uh, I can see before, that. you know, at, the, at its height, it was six because it was uh it was like two ps4 vita, two ps3 two, two vita vita or psp games mm -hmm. or something like that yes and then they lowered it for a bit to just uh i think two ps4 games and then they brought in the ps5 games starting i think with bug snacks which i will i will <laughs> say at least the ps5 games they've been like doing good with that at least like mm -hmm. um because all the good games for xbox are on game pass when you look at games for gold, you don't look at games for. Gold I literally don't bother. They're not. They're gold. never. They, there's nothing there's ever. Nothing. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. But, it's just weird stuff. Yeah, yeah, they don't really need it anymore. It's not really necessary at this point. Yeah. Uh, whereas PlayStation, it is just because PlayStation now, you know, they've been separate this whole time. But uh, most likely, the games you're going to see on PlayStation Plus, uh, at least the two free ones, probably will never like. You know, the PS5 games you'll probably won't see on playstation now as soon as maybe as you'll see them on plus i could see them put them on like work. a year after release or something like that but yeah we'll see uh, and then there's the extra is what the second tier is called and for this one it gives you uh all benefits from the essential tier plus the catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable ps4 and ps5 games including the blockbuster hits from playstation studios uh etc etc and they're all you know downloadable uh and then we have premium which is gonna have all of that plus 340 additional or i guess up to uh, additional games including ps3 games via cloud streaming it says specifically and then a catalog of beloved classic games available in both streaming and download options from the original playstation ps2 and psp generations uh, offers cloud streaming access for original uh, PlayStation, PS2, PSP, PS4 games, uh, and then uh, the uh, PlayStation Now is currently, let's see, yeah, everything on PC as well. So you can do it on all this on PS4, PS5, and PC. And then uh, time-limited game trials, the most exciting thing you could mm. possibly Yeah, do. that's <laughs> one of the things I'm most curious about because they, they didn't say how widespread that would be. Like, can you download a trial right. of every game on their uh, marketplace and try it for, like, a few hours? Or is it just, like, you know, back on the PS3, there was, like, some games that would have a trial like that. Yeah. But it was, like, yeah. maybe a dozen total <laughs> Yeah, it'll be it'll be a select handful for mm. sure. And the the price to get people into it is more or less like understandable. Ten dollars pretty much monthly, uh, sixty yearly. Yeah, uh, it's all like you, you know, definitely want the yearly subscription if you want to save some money because it's like for this uh, the the highest tier. I literally keep forgetting what it's called. It's like eighteen bucks a month, or it's like yeah, one hundred twenty bucks a year. Pretty much, uh, the extra is fifteen, and then a hundred a year, and then yeah, premium is uh, eighteen and one twenty. And I was looking at, uh, I looked at Game Pass Ultimate, and it's about one eighty. Yeah, a year. that's like fifteen so, bucks a month, and I don't think they have a yearly bundle. They don't, because they're so here you get you do get discounts if you get the like higher amount of time 
you will pay a lot less. Yeah. Uh, I think I checked it. It was around like 80 or 90 bucks less if you do yearly compared to monthly for like the premium subscription. Yeah. And then uh, Game Pass Ultimate, uh, just from past experience of trying to sell the shit out of that, <laughs> um, you definitely don't get anything changed from monthly, quarterly, yearly. It's all the same price no matter what you choose. You're not going right. to get a difference there. Right. Um, and then, yeah, it's 60 bucks more. But, of course, you're getting, like, also EA Play um, and I forget today. And Ubi- Ubisoft. Ubisoft. This, yeah, oh, yeah, I keep Ubisoft forgetting. They keep adding stuff to uh, Game Pass. There's a lot yeah. of good stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff. So you stuff get those. My- Sorry? Yeah. No, uh, my, my final thought on this PlayStation Plus stuff I just realized is this will be worth it. I'll pay whatever they ask if I can play Metal Gear Solid I literally 4 said that last night. On something... <laughs> Other than a PlayStation 3. I literally bought a PlayStation 3 about two years ago just to play MGS4. And it hurts because it's not as good as it could look these days. So please, just, yeah. just hear my prayer. Like- yeah, you can't, you, but you could still at least hear Akiba. I want to hear Akiba under a trash can shitting in 3D audio with like the <laughs> yeah. full Sony Tempest uh, capabilities. I mean, yeah. yeah. You can feel it on the rumble. Yeah, the 10-year vet feel. <clears throat> you can have it on PS5. But uh, <laughs> yeah, another um, thing that look- uh, Game Pass does better for older games is like some games have like frame rate boost and like yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and resolution boost and stuff like that. It makes older games yeah. literally look and feel better. And I don't, yeah. I don't know if Sony's they, gonna bother with that. <laughs> when they were doing the PS2 classics, they were doing uh, boost for mm-hmm. the PS2 okay. games specifically. They didn't for the PS1, but then again, they didn't even actually bring the PS1 games onto that platform. That was only on PS3 for some reason. Like yeah. if they never brought it to PS4. But specifically for PS2, they did just do it for that gen. Um, but yeah, like I said, like, you know, of course, the other thing Game Pass Ultimate has is the day one releases mm-hmm. for all their games, mm-hmm. which uh, when you look through them, I think we were talking about it yesterday, uh, looking at both. Um, it makes sense why Game Pass Ultimate's more expensive. You're getting more from like multi-subs, multi, like more or less. Uh, you're getting the day ones, which... You're overall saving a lot more money depending on... Well, I guess it depends on how many first-party games they actually release. Yeah. Because, I mean, we know some of them take still, like, some of the, more time or get, like, crazy delays. But Some of the third-party indie stuff that they put on there is also just absolutely yeah. worth it. Like, I... Oh, yeah. Tunic Tunic is one of the yeah. games of the year. Like, that, that game is Tunic, insane. I gotta get to. Just, Hades, I, I've been wanting to play for a long time. Mm-hmm. I just keep getting... Putting it off for, like, other games. Like, there's so much on there. Scorn eventually, mm-hmm. right? Dude, I, I literally... <laughs> Scorn was one of the games I bought my Series X for, and I'm literally... Every once in a while, I'm like, when's Scorn coming out? Like, what? No. Nope. <laughs> the answer is no. Nope. Yeah, the, acclaimed, uh, the acclaimed shooter... Uh, what's it called? Crossfire X. I know everyone's... Oh, uh, yeah. Hung, hungry. <sighs> Remedy's best game. Yeah. 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 But uh, looking at PlayStation stuff, like, uh, I think the big thing here is... The big deal that everyone was wondering and seeing if they were actually going to do was that not the PS3 portion, because that was already there in PlayStation now already. Like, it's exactly yeah. the same mm-hmm. uh, before where it's like, you can stream it. What about download? Yeah, we haven't figured that shit out yet. Uh, I feel like they could figure that out. It's just they don't want to spend the amount of money on it that they yeah. they don't think it would be like a return on investment, I guess. Yeah. Um, is PS is Metal Gear Solid 4 on there already? Is it one of those PS3? I have to look I feel up. like it would be. Um, did you ever check, um, Andreas? Or is it not? I, uh, I'm not going to play a streaming version of Metal <laughs> Solid 4. Just already having the loading that takes forever, and mm-hmm. now it's stream loading, and just like, oh, fuck. Well, now you just loaded 
the stream. Now you can load the game after the stream yeah. is loaded. Yeah, so it's yeah, double yeah, loading. Exactly. You can make two sandwiches, not just one. <laughs> but uh, there's the PS1, PS2, and PSP. And I'm actually shocked we're getting the PS... I was like, oh, we're actually doing the PSP. All, all right. Like, I'm, I'm very happy to see that that's one of the things being added there. And only 340 games, I can imagine, like, potentially you're getting now, you know, even though we have remasters on the PS4, most likely you're going to see, like, all the top tier, like, the original versions of Crash, Metal Gear Solid, mm. Spyro, Parasite Eve, Final Fantasy, all that kind of stuff, uh, all the classic PS2 games. If they put Mercenaries on there, I will be... It, it's right. done. Metal Gear Solid uh, 4 and 5 are on uh, PlayStation Now, apparently. Oh, okay. But yeah, it's still streaming for 4, so that's yep. still like... Yeah. Uh, but PSP 2, I'm really Dude, excited. Dude, Resistance, uh, Resistance Retribution, because my PSP's are dead dude that i literally they're, that's they're the dead. first game i want to play for psp if it's on there because <laughs> i it's gonna look terrible on my big like my i don't have like a massive tv but like it's definitely gonna look bigger than on a psp screen and that's not gonna look good blown up but yeah that game is awesome uh, i guess just really fast do you guys feel whelmed overwhelmed underwhelmed by just this announcement? i feel like currently underwhelmed but we'll see how my opinion changes in june when it actually comes out and we get to try it out and if it's like anywhere near as competent as game pass i'm gonna be pleasantly surprised and probably be like happy with it because i just love the convenience all of game I, pass. Yeah. exactly all i care about is pc integration like the moment they make the pc a platform of choice for playing their titles is the moment of such a like a wider audience hits gets hit by that and that's big I think they see that they're like, you know, yeah, Horizon and all these other games. On there and now, so yeah, just more of that. Let's get more of that, guys. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty much whelmed. Uh, I'm disappointed specifically with the PS3 streaming um, yeah. more than anything. Uh, the prices make perfect sense. I don't think they're too much to ask for, yeah. honestly. No, especially uh, the year I, Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna change from what would be their current essential version right now. Just like if I. Uh, didn't already have like multiple years of game pass i probably wouldn't have game pass either just for the sheer fact of my own personal horrifying backlog of <laughs> yeah. games so i don't need to be like subscribing for streaming get like for these uh subscriptions Dude, it's so I, paralyzing like, I, to I have just a, be playing these first it's so paralyzing to have a backlog <laughs> and then also look at game pass and be like there's so many games i want to play here <laughs> yeah i could play but all then, the yakuza like, definitely <laughs> Uh, I think the one thing that maybe some people were disappointed by that I just honestly never thought would happen anyway, and I, I don't care that it's not there, is the day one, uh, like, games for PS5 exclusives, or, like, the, you know, all those games like God of War, uh, Ragnarok, and all that stuff on there, just because those are all games I would be paying yeah. normally for separately, uh, just like I would for certain games on Game Pass, if they were, first-party games were good enough, unfortunately, the ones that have come out already so far that have been like big first party i haven't what like i realized i'm like well if game pass wasn't there would i have bought them and mm -hmm. i think about it, i'm like did i buy Gears 4 and halo 5 I'm like, no i didn't i don't that's <laughs> I another buy thing. those games until it was on game pass uh the games i want that i would buy are still not even i don't even think they're coming out this year it's like avowed yeah. um mm. sinuous uh saga i will say i'm buying starfield but that's just pure specifically for steam mods like that's uh, why i'm buying that mm. game um, right. But all it's all the ones that were bought, not like, you know, uh, already there and stuff. So mm -hmm. that, that's pretty much what I'm waiting for there. 
otherwise, yeah, that's I think everything PlayStation for that. Uh, moving on to E3, this was uh, really big. They pretty much canceled the physical E3 event for 2022 that they were working on that would have been this coming June and only like now, I guess, technically two months. And they are not doing a digital event like they did last year, whereas, you know, the year before they skipped, um, there's been a lot of like, you know, talk of is E3 dead? Is it actually going to come back? And they have stated they're like, we all will be like back better than ever in 2023, more organized and just like ready to bust out there, I guess. I don't know. But uh, I am unsure uh, by what they're trying to do here or if they really want to continue considering all things like it, it with everyone backing out Sony, EA, um, Nintendo more or less isn't really there either. And all that's left is really like Microsoft and ubisoft and bethesda like wait no i guess just microsoft and mm -hmm. ubisoft and i guess you could say square enix and devolver but you know it's just kind of flopping around at this point yeah um i i forgot where i was gonna go with that sorry and you know andreas and i we've both been you've been more much more than mm -hmm. me i've been i went to 2014 specifically for e3 uh, i even went to the microsoft press conference which was really fun uh I do like, it's like one of those things where do we need E3 at this point? Uh, right, the publishers, right. they make it so you don't necessarily have to have that anymore. And they just kind of do uh, their events now whenever they want to. You've seen Ubisoft right. forward. Well, mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, di digital platforms really destroyed the purpose of E3 in general because where, it yeah, was created there. so that investors would come and watch the big it was never a fan uh, the, thing to be Yeah, like, and like the, the press right, could come right. the, and, the, and cover it, certain games. Yeah, the, right. The press would cover stuff and then investors would come in and say, oh, that game looks really cool. I'm from Walmart and I'm in charge of ordering right. how many copies yeah. for the entire nation. Like that. that's how big E3 was where it's like, well, this got all these awards at E3. So I'm going to order a million copies for all of United States distribution for the first month at Walmart of this game. So that's what it was for, because you had Toys R Us, Target, you know, mom and pop uh, stores, EB Games back in the day. Uh, There's a bunch of other there's there was a lot of yeah. boxed retailers, you know, um, now that that's pretty much completely dead and killed by the top three. Uh, there's really no reason to go. The other thing is because press were the only ones playing games there, they could show much earlier builds mm. now because anyone can go. It's like, oh, we got to show our best stuff because if 20 million people go play this game and then they go and tell their friends that it's complete trash and it's broken because they're not game developers, they don't understand how making a game works. We're going to get so much bad yep. press by word of mouth and TikTok and Instagram and things just explode now on the Internet that it can really destroy the momentum of your title. So everything that's shown there is super polished and honestly way more boring because of it. Because if you go to E3, like when I went... I think it was 2018. It was one of the years I went. Um, they were showing off Spider-Man for the first time. Mm. And it was like, oh, shoot, Spider-Man's going to be a huge game. I, I got to go play that. And then I look at my calendar and I'm like, it's coming out in three months. Like, I don't I'm not going to go play this at E3. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think was, it was. Yeah, that was literally what, what it caused it. That was the same year that um, Forsaken came out, I think. Or Activision was showing off Forsaken, which was really cool because I got to play Gambit. And that was interesting because Gambit was very different at E3 
than it was when it came out. So that was a nice like getting to see what it was going to be or where it could go. And and they were truly testing the game out, whereas, you know, the Spider-Man demo was just the same game that everyone was going to play in the next three months. So it, it, I feel like a little bit of the 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 beauty and the luster and the the behind the scenes feel of E3 is just kind of completely erased now. So as a fan of games and the games industry, I feel a little less inclined to even want to mm. go. Yeah. at this point you know and it, you know it's when it was open more to public now and you know it's even more crowded and yeah. waiting, i remember waiting in long ass lines and then you know of course press people just kind of bypass it all i do remember yeah when, i i had the industry pass so oh, nice um, <laughs> i remember at one it was point, very nice i was sitting in line for i want to say call of duty and yeah. i was sitting there for so long and when i got up my legs didn't respond and i was wearing a oh, backpack no. so i uh, started falling backwards fall yeah it was over. just like oh these aren't working That's amazing. And I was just like oh my god and i'm just like either is just kind of crazy but it's kind of a nightmare it is yeah. and it, just to do like one thing <laughs> you're just in line for there's so it's insane there's not even a fast pass system like at disneyland it's crazy but uh yeah. <laughs> the other thing too is like I guess when you look at developers, they have to do all this extra work just to get that little yeah, slice out exactly. there. So it kind of disrupts their mm. own uh, development process too. Yeah. yeah. So that's always mm. been like an annoyance for them. The famous Halo Two uh, seven months of dev yeah. time on work that never made it into the game store. You know, like that's very real. Happens all the time. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Like why force yourself nowadays to hit? an arbitrary deadline and maybe shoot yourself in the yeah. foot by showing off something that doesn't look good at like, cause you didn't have enough time or you just make a yep. demo and release it when you have, when it's ready yeah. and have a good yeah. first impression. I would say COVID is another factor in this in the sense that, okay, so digital platforms killed the reason that E3 was invented, which was for investors. But now COVID changed the way that people test games. Because before it was like, oh, come to E3 and test games out and we can get feedback and we'll send it back to the team. Now they realize we should just send people uh, secure builds over the Internet and let them test that way. And it's full NDA and it's like watermarks up the wazoo. I tested a bunch of pre-alpha stuff for Ubisoft this last year. And the amount of my gamer tag that's all over the screen literally makes it impossible to actually play the <laughs> game because it's like kind of crazy. I'm like, I'd, I think I'd like this game, but I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, but they're getting to that point where like in the internet has allowed us to test games as a remote tester without going into a facility and like keeping stuff under, you know, lock and key. Um, so that's really also kind of killed the other aspect of E3, I feel like, where it's like getting feedback on the work that you've been doing for the last five to six years, you know? Yeah. So. Also, and did they even really have a good response to last year's all digital E3? No. I don't remember anyone not, really talking about yeah. it going like that was crazy. nobody showed anything because everything got mm -hmm. delayed like everything got delayed. Yeah, everything it was it was the game awards had more interesting, you know, yeah, the uh, age stuff. of E3 is over the time of just Jeff Keighley <laughs> is done at this point. It's, yeah, uh, his little his little he just did a little smiley emoji the day they announced <laughs> that E3 was dead physically and that's all he responded to. It. Yeah. He's planning something already. Like he, he, knew, he knows everybody. The minute he pulled out of E3 that one year, you're just like, oh, yeah. what's happening? Something's happening here. Okay. Yeah. But well, the ESA and their you guys can look it up. Any, anyone who's listening, look it up. The ESA, who is in charge of setting up E3, has had a bunch of nightmare debacles, which have also yeah. like put a dark shadow over the whole thing. Remember as well. the year so when another. they do like doxed all their attendees? Mm hmm. 
Yep. Oops. Yep. All, leaked the info of literally every media personality attending. I didn't Insane. like your view, and now I can tell you to your face in your kitchen. Ugh. I'm looking forward to it. That's <laughs> a terrifying yeah. concept. No. <laughs> yeah, right? No good. Oh, no good. man. Very bad. Game journalism is hilarious. Uh, the other thing, I guess the one thing I liked about E3, the one advantage it had, because COVID gave us a lot of newer shows and... There was, I guess, 2020 summer was the, James, that was, I think, the worst. That was the the nightmare one. Yeah, well, that was because, like, Keeley and IGN, IGN both were like, let's do, like, a whole shows. summer thing. And IGN's like, oh, we mean the whole summer. Like, we're going to do, like, all these different mm-hmm. weekends. And then there's all these <laughs> other minor shows that come in. And it's like, oh, let's just try to cover them all by the end of the summer. We were so exhausted from talking about <laughs> some of these games that I was like, I fucking hate this game now because I've talked about it mm-hmm. like three times because they yeah. kept showing different trailers. And then we had such a backlog build up of actually like all the stuff. It was literally just news episodes at a certain point and it was yeah. horrifying. But uh, <laughs> E3 had everything in one week. It's an insane week. And mm. You just get it all out in that one week. And I like before when that happened, we would usually put out like two or three episodes in that week. We'd just be like, here's the Microsoft EA. Here's the PlayStation Ubisoft and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And it was like super easy. It was like a lot of work in that week, but it was it was done after. You didn't have to think about it anymore. And that mm-hmm. was something I really appreciated for it. And I think that's the biggest thing I would miss if it was gone. But also like as long as it doesn't get too crazy now because we know, you know, the minute this happened, I think it was the same day or the day after all of a sudden you get the new summer game fest logo and it's like, Hey, summer game fest happening. Uh, yeah. this, uh, in June, looking, looking forward to it. And you're like, Oh yes, the Keeley has arrived again. And IGN even did their mm-hmm. own, like, Hey, we're going to be covering summer game fest too. And I'm like, okay, all right, you guys are doing your thing, but, um, we're going to be a lot more selective this year. I don't think we're going to be doing all the random stuff like play PC yeah. gaming show. And uh, I made the mistake of watching. I think it was the Coke media mm. conference uh, yeah. from last year. And I was like, this is a fucking, what the fuck is this? Why I think that was here? everyone's mm-hmm. response to that. It was just like, why yeah. did you do this to me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it was rough. I, I will, like I said, I'll miss it. I'll miss that specific version of here's one week of everything. And I guess like that feeling of I did have a great time in 2014 when I went, but yeah. at the same time, I don't want to be in an overcrowded place just trying to like spend two hours to play a game for five minutes and then go, it was all right. Yeah. So, yeah. And then get some t-shirt that's an XL and I'm like, I'm not, why do you think we all need XLs? <laughs> I don't understand this. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. You, you basically had to make your own fun the last two years. Yeah. Like you had yeah. to go and look for things to do. Like I was lucky enough, and this is like my last story. I have a lot of stories, but this is my last one. I was lucky enough to go to the Rainbow Six booth and no one was playing Rainbow Six because it's been out for like seven years. But I was like, whatever, the day's about to end. I'm going to go in the Rainbow Six booth. Lo and behold, I end up talking to one of the devs who was like the lead on the character, like character backstory narrative stuff. And then we ended up playing with her, a bunch of other devs on the same team against a team of streamers. And it was like a really fun little moment that just happened on the show floor and there's a bunch of moments like that and that's the reason it's fun not actually playing the games anymore it's like meeting people and getting to talk about them and they're like really excited to talk to you too that that was that's the good thing that was so i got um, to enjoy that at the the playstation what was it called playstation experience uh yeah yeah 
Yeah, I got to do that there. I remember just talking to devs and hanging out, and they'd be like, "Hey, you want this cool fucking PlayStation card?" Yeah. I'm like, "All right, that was sure. such a yeah, cool thing." Exactly. The, the, there was just like a deck of cards that you collected and stuff. I didn't even get a complete set that mm-hmm. one time we went, but That's it's so just cool. like it's a cool little like collector's item thing. I, I feel like the EXO event is probably the same vein of just like, mm-hmm. "Hey, these are fun. These are for fans." I've never been to PAX. I also assume that's something similar too. But uh, yeah, it's right. like the, these events seem like they're more, you know, they, they were fan oriented. Those are for people that are like regular yeah. just to go and check it out. Um, we were never meant to go to E3 to begin with. So. <laughs> it, was, it was never for us. We touched something that was We flew forbidden. too close to the sun and then it got <laughs> swallowed up. Yeah. But that's it for the news. And now it's finally time to talk Destiny 2, <laughs> the Witch Queen. Uh, well, actually first, uh, Season of the Lost, which was like season of the arrival where we were there for what six months yeah we were lost for about six months yeah it was long it took a while for us to get found it it was quite (laughs) a process but uh there were two not usually there's you know when the seasons come out there's one activity we'll get and it's more or less like Mm -hmm. some big uh either three or six player activity and this time we got a three player and a six player activity uh, from it, which um, first off was Astro Alignment was our big six player one. And you're going through uh, these different platforms, uh, either fighting, I believe, Scorn or Taken, if I remember correctly. Yep. Those are the two mm-hmm. types. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Hive. It was three. It was Hive. It was okay. a cycle of three, I think. Yeah. And they had like a, you know, a regular version and a legendary version. And it was actually... The legendary was actually challenging. Like you actually had to get really hard <laughs> to, to get through it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I didn't really do it that many times on legendary, but uh, more or less it was it was a fun, rather quick activity. You could say mm-hmm. it didn't take too long. Uh, did you guys feel like it was better or worse than like our previous seasonal activities that we've gotten in that sense? Because that was pretty much the the same type as like what we've gotten before. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that sense i thought astral alignment was fine like it wasn't maybe the most exciting thing i i still think and a lot of people say this menagerie is still probably my favorite like six man yeah. activity yeah. one of the best yeah. ever but it was fine i i liked that there were like a at least a handful of different uh objectives to do so it didn't feel too stale most of the time i i wish there was more um not secret but special triumphs for it Mm. because once we discovered those it made the gameplay a lot more enjoyable where it's like oh everyone has to dunk us in the taken pools like not just one person so each person had like giving everybody a specific role in these is a really cool idea that i think they need to somehow kind of continue like i get they want these to be very accessible but like if you're if you're like, hey, you always do this like a miniature raid, right? Like teaching people that dynamic of playing a raid uh, would be, I think, to their benefit. And Menagerie kind of felt like that, which is why it was like really, really strong. Um, the main thing I want to say about Astral and the season in general is the Dreaming City is one of the strongest environments they've ever yeah. made. Oh, yeah. I'm glad it did. It, it is just. Yeah, it's just beautiful. It, it looks incredible. It sounds incredible. The soundtrack oh, yeah. is it's amazing. So just like angelic. Yeah, it's it's just wonderful. So having a whole season focusing on the Dreaming City and the characters who are, you know, central to it, it was very very nice to to finally get that back and give me a reason to come back to that place. Like 
it's one of those places that it's just so enjoyable to be in. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll go back. I don't care what I'm doing. If I'm grinding, I'll do it. So, yeah. Makes sense. And very good. The activity too, like with the, the triumphs that they introduced for this time, uh, I can't remember if they did it for battlegrounds or not, but, uh, they made it so, you know, normally if you're in a random matchmaking of people, uh, you can usually get a lot of stuff done, but you're probably not going to get certain triumphs done. It's too hard, yeah, whether it's finishing exactly. in 10 minutes or getting all of the, um, I forget what they're called, the little projectiles that go towards the dead servitors and you have to like shoot them, the little blue boys. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and darts. Yeah, I can't remember what they were called, but uh, that and then like your whole fire team cannot die. And you're just like, yeah. Dude, like I'm playing with blueberries. No matter, like that one was really fun to get. Yeah, yeah. it was like those types of triumphs are ones that force cooperation with either clan or if you're LFGing or with friends. So it's like it it does introduce a lot of like, oh, you can't just do this singly now. Like it it does want you to do more communication and teamwork uh, that maybe the other activities didn't have as much or at least didn't have the incentives of triumph points if you actually care about that shit or not but uh because sometimes you know it's a little too much depending on what's going on uh there's no emblem for it it's like you want you want like a little bit of extra stuff there uh then the other was the shattered realm which had three different versions that rotated through as well as a legendary version and ironically enough was the legend for that was easier than the uh astral like you could solo that too if you really wanted to it was i I forget if i did all three or just one i think i just wanted like the triumph done for it but uh the interesting part too was it these activities were proto versions for witch queen like when you're in the shattered realm you're getting proto deep sight and i'm not sure if everyone noticed that or not but like yeah you're, you're trying this time thing to see these platforms to get from like point a to point b or go through barriers and things like that or see things that are invisible and it even had like similar sound effects uh, a little bit yeah. a little bit they they changed it more so because you're like in the throne world instead uh, and it's like it sounds like darkness yeah. they, make, they make darkness sound effects but uh they have that and then they even do like the weight version where there's like the what's it called like the the sword territories uh yeah you go through like and you're weighted down or something like that yeah it's similar to that of like when you're playing crota and you're going from like mm. those uh light bombs one from one to the other and they also have that too and um uh, in one of the i forget which strike it is but one of the new strikes in witch queen does this as well where you have to go through uh those areas and you get like weighted down to 10 or something and you can like basically you're just like kind of slowly going yeah. And having those different features and watching them just evolve throughout seasons or expansions has been interesting because it does feel like when you're going through, I guess, like the non-expansion seasons, they're more or less experimenting and then they'll try yeah. to perfect it in the expansion itself when it comes out, which is nice to see. And it's weird because I feel like they're experimenting and they're not really looking for our feedback as much because I'm pretty sure expansions and seasons start being worked on like almost a year yeah like a year to two years in advance so it's almost internally they're like let's see what we can do and then we'll we'll perfect it and by the time a big thing comes out it's much better so i like that they're confident enough in their own abilities to enhance ideas and concepts that they use this to their advantage like it's very smart yeah 
Yeah. Uh, Do you guys have anything else on the uh, Shattered Realm? I just really appreciated the like exploration of it. Like it was really cool to you know throughout the season unlock those abilities you were talking about to like get through barriers and stuff like that and just like have a reason to go back every week and be like oh what can I uncover this time and stuff like that. Like I I really liked that. It gives you that Metroidvania aspect mm-hmm. because you're like, oh, no, you can't do this right now. You'll have to come back later once you upgrade more. And then you and then get it like, and you're okay. like, ooh, I can open all those barriers now. Yeah, yeah. or you get the, um, uh, what was the gun called? The, uh, the Scepter. Yeah, Agar Scepter yeah. to hit scepter. those invisible, uh, those like yeah. glowing rocks, I guess you could say, uh, which mm-hmm. was really nice. Or if you somehow the ran out. Of, I kept seeing those yeah. walls and I was like, that's got to be something. <laughs> I was like, yeah. if I was fighting enemies and I was using it, I'm like, make sure you stop at like 60 ammo <laughs> so you can blast rocks. Don't forget. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, yeah. The yeah. The sorry. The the shattered realm. The last thing I want to say was the storytelling. Like to James' point, wanting to come back every week was not only rewarding from a gear standpoint, but from a storytelling standpoint, because there were so many cool little there were hidden side quests there. narrative moments. Yeah. yeah, like true side quests that you could tell you had started and then you could tell when you had ended them. And they weren't necessarily like it, it was nice to get an almost souls like level of storytelling where you just hear dialogue that you've never heard before and you now know you're doing something interesting instead of it being very guided of like point a to point b i gotta do this 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 like there were little puzzles and stuff and i specifically remember i really liked the sequence where you find the scorn fight club on the tangled shore one and mara's like yeah they're like beating the crap out of each other and trying to become like smarter and stronger and you're like that sounds bad and then obviously in witch queen we start to see the next step of that evolution which is it really nice to get those little teasers for payoff moments later in the big expansion so if they continue to do stuff like that i'm i'll be super happy it was really their progressive storytelling throughout like the seasons is has Mm -hmm. been so good recently it's it's really nice it's like ever since season of the chosen i think yeah because once you had presage it was like everything like oh all the zavala crow stuff was really strong too and like like, learning that title it was like one thing bife was uh, when i listened to like bife's videos he's like you know I love orcs, guys. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> Keitel is a better developed character because you're actually getting the lore as you go through the game instead of going and like going on the app and reading about the books right. of sorrow and going, "Orcs yeah. is amazing. I read all about it and stuff like that." <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. I will say too the you know when you go through and do the side quests, you have like Mara ta- Mar- Marisov talking to you, and yeah. then there's also the hidden caches that even get you like there's at least I guess nine altogether. Mm that you get in those each time oh, you get one yeah. of those. I think her Petra talked to you too. Yep. And like, it's uh, really and then good. after every All mission, you talk to Sabathun and like, you know, th- it's interesting that the entire season, you already know that the Witch Queen DLC is coming. You know that she's going to mm-hmm. betray us somehow. But even still, they were able to weave a story where it was just like, you know, maybe she isn't completely mm-hmm. lying to us. And like, maybe Queen Mara isn't completely trustful. Or trustworthy mm-hmm. like yeah i thought that was interesting and it's like more now getting into the story itself of it uh we got a lot of it from like season of the splicer when you hear osiris and he's like you know i underestimated you mm-hmm. i'll never make that mistake again and you're just like fucking sabbath and you're just mm-hmm. you already know mm-hmm. like there's a certain <laughs> point in the year because it's all more or less you're feeling sabbath and you're feeling sabbath and you're getting pieces of sabbath and this is like finally like the 
it feels like this is the official you got into the restaurant finally and now you're <laughs> eating the appetizer and you're like oh this is yeah. great guys thank you so much and then uh the last little for some reason part of the appetizer is missing and you get it like five months later yeah you know, what the, the fuck where, where was this piece oh we were <laughs> developing this and it just kind of we just kind of wanted to release it right before witch queen came out uh instead which was the yeah final chapter i mean it makes sense because it literally is like directly right before witch queen like story yeah. wise i think yeah it's to build hype right for me i think it was uh that was my only disappointment was just because there was such a massive gap like we had yeah more or less nine weeks which was about three months so you have to wait three months in between with the story it felt like um you beat mass effect 3 and then three months later you get the mass effect 3 ending and you're like oh cool it took me three months to get the ending after i beat the game and that was the the feeling i get because also they introduce a new like activity that you barely have time to even play at least like with season of the splicer you had time to do the assault on the last city or like the elix new quarter mm. defending oh, yeah. that uh, whereas this one was like, hey, check this out. And it's like, oh, cool. Oh, it's gone. Oh, fuck. Uh, we already knew everything was going to happen and it happened. But OK, I think Dude, that was, yeah, my that was so cool. Was... It was like a, the final astral alignment type thing. And like you can see, well, I guess it wasn't. It was like you were going to try to prevent the ritual from being stopped or something. Yeah. And you could see. Yeah, because Zivu attacked. And just yeah. like yeah. the giant worm like spirit thing wrapping itself around the the central tower of the dreaming mm -hmm. city it was such a cool visual yeah it was really interesting and i think like i said that was the only thing i had a gripe with was just because that time in between just kind of it didn't really hype it up i feel like for me it just kind of dropped the ball in the story itself because you're like oh right these uh all these tekkens are just standing here for yeah. three months doing nothing it and i'm like oh, okay and the whole thing is like you know when you get to the witch queen you're like, oh, she already has this thing. Like one week after you free her, she already has all this stuff done. And I'm like, that would have made more sense if there was that three month gap or two month gap right. in between. Hmm. And now you have this. But I guess that uh, you know, you know, I, I it, to me, it almost feels like they probably planned on doing that. Like listening to you say that makes me think they had probably planned on finishing it with time to spare so that we would be excited and then that story make the throne world story makes complete sense and then they decided not to for some reason yeah. they said let's keep it till the end so yeah. it leads right up into it instead of doing it when it was probably supposed to come out this is all this is all speculation yeah. but just hearing you kind of say the timeline of events out in your uh, to me i i didn't mind it but now thinking about it it's like oh yeah, we were probably supposed yeah. to just wait. Especially with all the Vidox mm. we're getting and the trailers we're getting that are already showing you everything. So you're like, yeah. it's like, yeah. hey, uh, I watched this show and I'm at this. I'm waiting for the season finale to come out. But for some reason, they're already telling us what's happening in the following season. It, so right, it makes right. this obsolete. And you're just kind of like, well, we already know what happens. So what's, what's kind of the point yeah. at, at this time? And that, I mean, I guess... Not to get too ahead of ourselves onto the Witch Queen stuff, but like that was one of my biggest points of confusion was like, how did Savathun learn how to do all this stuff like so fast? And but still somehow remember, but not really, like all of her old hive. She's a god, stuff. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> She's just a god. I mean Hive speed magic, you know. It's uh, like yeah, speed run magic. that revelation <laughs> it's like, oh no, she straight up did die and she did mm -hmm. forget everything, and you helped her remember. 
is just like, wait, what? She wasn't an yeah, essential subscriber. She was a premium <laughs> subscriber. That's what that's about. She, she streamed it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think overall, like, you know, Shatter, uh, Season of Lost was fun. Uh, I especially love The Crow. Uh, just kind of getting yeah. out of him. Dude, the scene where he, uh, like, learns who he used to be in an incident and just like what did you do like i showed him everything like oh oh no that's bad oh no he knows i killed him (laughs) yeah Yeah, he's like you and he's like well i guess you know that makes sense that you did it and i'm like yeah but you know at least we're best friends now right i also love that like him learning about what he's kind of but not really guilty of leads into season of the the risen where he he Mm. does something bad and I mean, he's... you're like, I'm going to go, I'm going to leave and I'm going to go do stuff with Kylo instead. I mean, it can't mm. get worse, right? And then you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, you got the season risen. You got so much worse. You make yeah. some fun mistakes. But um, yeah, anything else on season of Lost before we get to the mm. big queen? Ager's Scepter. Uh, that storyline. Oh, yeah, that was. The, the cut scenes it is one of the best things is that they've ever made in destiny the gun is insanely cool and very strong uh and the music and just the presentation like you find to me that was the final bookend i needed personally to understand why where mara's coming from yeah and their their relationship between destiny one and two because like you really don't taking king happens she is supposedly dead he gets mad and that's all you know that happens. And now seeing this, you finally get to fill in some of those blanks. You get a really cool weapon with it and a really cool ship. And it was just like overall a great experience. So props to them. More of this, please, during the seasons yeah. is what I'm hoping. For. Yeah, especially all the lore uh, revolving around like yeah. when she's on the ship, when they're still in the ship. I loved and learning yeah. about the Awoken history. Even yeah, as Aldrin, cool. he uh, like is you know telling all the kids the story of um, the birds, yeah. uh, and stuff yeah. like that. And what was the queen's bird name? It was Agar and Rega, I think. Rega, okay, yeah, because that that was a fun like. They, I like that they have two types of cutscenes now. They have like the cinematic, mm-hmm. and then they have like kind of the storied, I uh, folklore. Yeah, I really like the art style, the inky. Yeah. Yeah, it's like ink. Yeah. It's really nice. It's their yeah. mid, mid-season cut scene. I mean, my yeah. favorite mm-hmm. rendition of that was when you get, like, Mithrax's version of St. 14's mm-hmm. history. Oh, my God. That's and good. just, like, the, that a good the one. when they splash, like, the skull face over his helmet. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, no, he, to the Elixni, he's the boogeyman. Like, that's yeah, such a cool Yeah, he's just super Baba Yaga. And then we had another uh, one this <laughs> uh, current season of, like, a little bit of Saladin's history and like dude, every time they tell a story yeah. with one of those like art scenes it's just so such a cool tell well assassination yeah they all just start yeah, well, well done. yeah. Well um, done. cool very much so yeah, yeah. and I will say you, you do feel for Ultron like he's a very tragic yeah. character mm-hmm. and he just kind of when he kills Cade, it's literally under the, I guess you could say, the influence, like heavy influence he literally was yeah. like I will do anything it takes to bring my sister back that's how dedicated yeah. I am to her. Yeah. So you, you feel more forgiving to even that character at that point. Oh, and then the, the the dynamic between Mara and Savathun the entire season of like Savathun knows Mara's trying to kill her. And Sa- and Mara's right. not really like secretive about it either, because she's like, Yeah, yo, you're the reason why my brother died. Like you yeah. fed him lies and now he's dead. So I'm going to and kill now you're you. Trying to- <laughs> 
And now you're influencing the new version of my mm-hmm. brother. Even like we know way back when, because you hear him whistling, because he's been hanging out around yeah. with That's Osiris. That's a cool little twi- uh, like, Osiris. secret thing. Osiris was his mentor. Yeah. Like it wasn't even yeah, like, like you never knew the true <laughs> Osiris. It was Savathun the yeah. whole time, and he does not take that well. Yeah. And, well, well, well. To him, that's almost like a. To him, that's almost like. Oh wait! Well, if Savathun was the person who was my mentor, I had a great time mm-hmm. with, with yeah. that version of Osiris. Maybe I'll continue to have a yeah. great time. You know, like that. The, the temptation is truly. Crow there. was horribly abused when he was first yeah. risen because everyone knew who he was, but he didn't, mm-hmm. and he's just like, I don't understand yeah. why no one likes me. Like I didn't do anything to any of these people, and mm-hmm. yeah, and Savathun shows up as Osiris, and it's like. Hey, you know, you do have worth. You are important. And it's just like <laughs> that. And then like to find out, like, was that all a lie? Like, did was she saying that just to mess with me? Or did, was she, she says she's being truthful. She says she never lied to me. But yeah. do, do you trust the the hive god of trickery? <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. So which queen? Uh, getting into that. We have, I guess, starting off, of course, the campaign story or the campaign and the story, which I, I will say, starting off with the campaign. Holy shit. These are like just, hey, each mission is a dungeon. It's so well done. Here you go. Yeah. It's so yeah. long. Each one takes so much time. And you think like, you know, normally you go through Forsaken, which was not even some of them weren't even like actual campaign missions. It was just here's adventure for you. Yeah. Click on adventure yeah. And yeah. Go and kill adventure, a few maybe. of the barons. Three minutes, yeah, yeah, sometimes. And then Shadowkeep was weird because it was also like, oh, you the can't... The whole DLC act. was three minutes long. And, so, and then yeah. you have to like, the, there was a, an actual in-campaign grind oh, to get yeah, I forgot the about armor that. to proceed through the campaign. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. so annoying. And then Beyond Light was good, but just short. Um, yeah. It, it, you could feel the changes happening. And Aramis this was just kind of like a meh villain. Yeah, it, it's one of those yeah. things where each expansion has come out and you go, it was great. It wasn't, it was no Taken King, but it was a good time. It like, it's good. And this short. is the, the first time where it surpassed, I want to say it surpasses Taken King. It is now the best campaign story, the best expansion. At least the way it's told for me, for sure. There's so much to do. And the fact that they give you even like two options in the very beginning, they're like, do you want to play mm-hmm. regular, go through this? Uh, Legendary is super fun. Do you want to do legendary? Do you want to get That's like phenomenal. get a yeah. massive gear boost uh, with your first character if you're doing it with your first character? And did we mention the more people you play with, the harder it's going to be? Yeah, two is up. like pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, three was. <laughs> I remember <laughs> going through it and I was playing it on normal. I'm like, I'll do legendary after. And my claymates were like, shame. Like, they weren't shaming me, but they were just like, you don't want to do it on normal and i'm like why is that and it's like you're just gonna play it through it twice you don't need to because you're gonna play with other characters anyway why would you want to do that multiple times uh just do it on legendary because you're gonna get that boost and it's gonna feel more uh alive i guess you could say you're gonna be fighting for your life and you're gonna feel it more especially because of like kind of how crazy it gets with sabathun and plus it really puts to it really puts to the test that feeling of oh i'm going up against hive guardians or like the lucent brood and stuff Right. So you're going in there and I solo ran legendary on my hunter and, you know, using all the void 2.0 stuff. I'm just like smoke bombing, using 
uh, two men of hunger to get melee kills to heal myself because then i have the glaive even if it was on legendary i just jump into a pile of enemies just with the glaive didn't even shoot it and i just start like just beating people and i'm like you can keep shooting me but i'm just gonna keep building up my yeah. health each time i kill one of you um the length of the missions though were really good yeah like, i i couldn't believe that i'd be going through it and i'm like is this a different mission and it's like no this is the same one this is the second part there's mm -hmm. like three parts to this and i'm like oh my god this is this is really long i don't know if i have time like to do as much as i thought i would tonight where uh i spent multiple nights just trying to do the campaign just because i thought i yeah i didn't know it, I, it was not yeah you, you couldn't speed run that yeah like i underestimated it ones. i just assumed it would be like the other uh campaigns and i'm like oh my god this is not even close to yeah. what i'm used to uh, not to mention, like, they already get you sidetracked because Finch is like, oh, hey, if you do this thing for me while you're out here, and I'm mm. like, oh, well, let me just help you out over here and stuff. But uh, how did you guys feel just about the campaign itself? Not the story, but just, like, going through these levels and playing these types. I thought they were, like, a fun... I, I did, yeah. Uh, yeah, real right. quick. I just thought they were, like, really fun, tight experiences. Like, there was... I don't think there was a single mission where I was like, that was boring. I could have done without it. Like, it, every, after every one, I was like, damn, that was a good mission. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I I did the bad thing where I played it on normal first eh. and then immediately played it on legendary. And I'm glad I did because the whole time I was playing on normal, I could really focus on the storytelling. But then as I was moving through the environments, I was thinking to myself, okay, make a mental note of where I should be when, because this is going to be so much worse the next time I do it. And it really helped me kind of break down the, the newer design philosophy of Bungie as a whole. Because before it really felt like every time they made a mission, it was still an instance area of the open world yeah. in a lot of ways. So it couldn't be like, focused whereas every single story mission in witch queen feels felt like a good halo level right yeah. like the like the cover was perfectly placed to give you nice angles on enemies and there was like height variety and there was like objectives that would force you to leave your little rat hole if you found yeah, one we can transport payloads to go now. back into it yeah exactly like there was there was a bunch of really nice little moments where the objectives are pretty much the same as we've been doing in a campaign in Destiny, but the visuals behind it or the method behind it was much more unique. And um, getting to feel that shift immediately after beating it the first time was like a really cool like, oh, you guys mean business. Like this isn't, you're not messing around and just upping the power level of the yeah. enemies. You've really thought this through on composition of enemies that are coming in, where they're coming in, how many are coming in, what I get to fight them because you're getting like less ammo but some other ammo to, you know so it, it was a really nice balance to see that uh going through and then also i feel like the legendary campaign has set a new standard for veterans because it really rewarded you if you had a build already and that was the cool thing was i know people who play legendary they haven't played since forsaken they go into legendary and they're like i can't beat this i'm like that's because the builds are really where it's at. It isn't the power level anymore. It's is your build able to keep up with the composition of enemy types? Yeah. And it was really cool. Yeah. I, I think I was running an Omnoculus for a while and then I switched to like Mobius mm -hmm. Quiver or the um, uh, Orpheus Rig because I'm mm -hmm. like, actually, this is going to be a lot more useful because I'm just tethering now and 
I have enough, uh, at least, like, I can vanish easier. Because the way now that Void 2.0 worked, I was like, yeah. I, I can switch up, make it so I can do the dodge and the smoke grenade to keep myself, like, uh, going. Because uh, I have that more customization. Uh, Omnoculus is no longer as necessary as it would have been, like, I used to run mm -hmm. in Grandmaster Nightfalls, which was right. really nice. Dude, um, disruption grenades for the Titan are so useful now. Mm -hmm. They're very strong. Yeah. Yeah. yeah i loved I, the introduction of like the hive guardians as bosses like they mm -hmm. were so fun to fight mm -hmm. what would you guys say was i guess like your favorite mission and what was you what would you find as in legendary your most difficult mission or missions mm. for me personally i can i can run first for that uh the ones i had the most trouble on were probably the scorn centric missions because like you'd mm. have like that dude that was similar um to the presage boss uh, i forget what it was the um locusts of communion yeah. i think and i remember it was like the one where you have the three symbols and you have to like run through kill the captain that mission is tough and you can't see anything yeah and he one shots you yeah you yes. just hear like oh and you're like what yeah. and he's just like i came in here and you didn't know i could do that right. could you and you're like i didn't know you could do get the fuck yeah. away from me yeah, his yeah, his fire will linger for so long. It's, yeah, you have to be like, where am I when he attacks? Because if I'm in the wrong place, I've just destroyed my entire escape avenue because it's just covered in fire, basically. And yeah, that that was a really tough boss. Weren't each captain a different energy shield? Too? Element type, yes, and it was. Uh, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. so I'm like there just trying to figure it out. <laughs> and I'm like, everyone was like, do you want to have a energy weapon that is a really good, like, special ammo or is it better just to run three different energy primaries so you could just take out the shields more than anything right. to keep that's why i was using hammer titan just i was just throwing those hammers constantly because that was literally it just cracked any shield immediately and it made it so much easier but it was tough yeah yeah uh i think good one. that and then of course uh the final actual fight with sabathun at least as a running through as my hunter the first time I'm not really focused on weapon choices. I straight up would... I, I played extra hard mode for myself because I wasn't really infusing anything. I was... Mm. Uh, besides the... Yeah, Orpheus just throwing rig, on blues. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, yeah. whatever rocket launcher, whatever special <laughs> and stuff. And I'm like, I'm probably shooting myself in the foot here. And it, it did. It was horrifying because I'm like killing myself to stay alive kill these uh wizards and stuff and then i get to sabathun and she's like oh here's like three supers at once and i'm like I, i'm just fucking trying <laughs> to the, the arc super was so oh my god because it's that just thing. like it's it's radius and i'm just like yeah. trying to stay out of it while supering her with my uh mobius quiver and also trying to shoot rockets doing whatever i can and i can't remember how many times i think i spent two hours in that fight uh just the first time with my hunter and then I went with my Warlock, and I went full build. I'm like, okay, Blinding Nades, yeah. Galahorn, uh, mm -hmm. and like I forget what the other thing <laughs> I used was. And I went through so much easier. I, yes, I, 15 I minutes that legendary, if you got a good build. Yeah, yeah. and was get, getting through the entire campaign so much quicker. But the fact that I was also like a Warlock, too, made it faster. Because I'm like, oh, Healing Rift, mm -hmm. ah, I forgot I have these. I'm just going to keep Nova bombing <laughs> everything also, like uh it was it was it was really something yeah but. i don't really remember having too much trouble uh playing through the legendary campaign with like my brother chris but 
definitely i remember having some uh, difficulty with that last fight the sabathun like mm-hmm. and not even necessarily against sabathun herself just like for whatever reason the the hive night guardian would just throw a disruption grenade and it was like a one shot for us every time yeah. and so yeah, yeah. we would be like doing fine trying to focus on the the wizard guardian and like you know almost have them then all of a sudden one of us is dead because we saw it like a grenade showed up out of nowhere we didn't hear it bounce or anything mm-hmm. so that caused like quite a few wipes but that like other than that like i can't remember any of the missions that i really was like you know banging my head against or whatever like usually we could get through it in like one or two uh, tries I remember uh, I was like, oh, do you want me to join you guys for a little bit? Dude, yeah. Like, well, one, it's it's cool that crossplay works so well. But at the same time, like, yeah. yeah, that definitely that was a noticeable jump in difficulty. It, it made it harder. So the, the final harder. boss for for us, I think we had to give up because we just started it too late. I remember hearing you guys. I think I was in the. the yeah, it's, it, 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 it took me it. 20 minutes on my own. But with three people, we literally had to give up because it was too late at night. Like I would have kept hitting my head against the wall if I if it hadn't been so late. But it, it was that the minions, like the normal hive that is running around in that final yeah. arena with Sabathun, will just one shot you if you try to run away. Like, and you can't heal because you're getting hit by little guys. And then it wasn't until too late that we realized the secret technique, which was to only kill two of the the wizards to get the buff, and then leave the third one up. So you just have the buff infinitely oh. instead of only getting 30 seconds of the buff and then having to do the three wizards again. So we would have beaten it, I think, once we figured that out. But then it was like 3 a.m. I think we tried to do that, (laughs) but it was like still taking too long to deal like enough damage. So we were like, nah, let's just try to do it the right way. And like it does give you like a significant damage boost. But yeah, having to deal with like another set of wizards, though, was like frustrating. I think a good level design. The fact mm -hmm. that we're here talking about these levels and we know like what we're like, what happened and we can share stories means they've done it. Like they've, they've upped it to the next level. We like, never did this really for nice. beyond light ever. No, yeah, no, no, never. Yeah. And, uh, it, one funny thing too, is like when I, I think it was my hunter, when I'd run in there and I'm like, all right, I got it. Time what's going in. I just rush in and she, I see the purple bubble moving away and I'm like, you get the fuck back here. Like, come on. <laughs> and I get in there and like, I see the arc lightning coming in. I go to dodge mm-hmm. it. I get to the ground. All of a sudden, my radar goes full red. All these thralls come at me, but it's still legendary. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I did. What the fuck? <laughs> my yep. timer's going down. I kill them, and I look, and it's like four seconds left. And I'm like, yeah. well, mm-hmm. I guess I'm doing another run just to see mm-hmm. if I can hit her once. So it was, it was yeah. just insane. Um, the story itself, going through this campaign, was insane also the amount of just talking to her and also actually real fast like the amount of two the they change up a lot because you know you're fighting hive and then you're fighting the scorn and then you go to europa for a second and you fight the gabal Mm -hmm. so they make a lot more there too where you do have a lot of variety in terms of the levels it's not just like oh here's the same thing or like here's different uh baron from the scorn uh this one is bomb baron this one is (laughs) <laughs> sniper baron etc yeah. this is like oh we're just i do love like different races you know the first mission was like well one it was kind of cool to walk around the surface of mars for like a second although that got mm-hmm. my hopes up that i was like oh my god did they bring back mars as like a, a patrol area too unfortunately no, no. <laughs> uh i thought they but, were just like venus uh 
but like working your way out to the cabal cannon to like shoot yourself at this uh, throne world <laughs> is so cool you are the yeah. projectile uh, yeah what are you doing yeah, I, chief i'm finishing this <laughs> <fight>. <laughs> that 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 level in the apothecary uh, is i say that word i always get that word apothecary yeah apothecary thank you those two levels stood out to me a lot. The first one, that beautiful shift of going from the orange Mars that we know and love and then going to the throne world, which is all these like sickly green pinks and purples. Like it's beautiful, but all these like off colors that you're, you're like, this is like gross at the same time um, was just such a nice shift in tone. And then uh, the music, like for me, the music really... As kind of usual, but I think even more so elevated this entire campaign to this next level of it was always beautiful, but somehow always haunting. And then when they put the nice, like bombastic guardian triumphant themes in there, finally, yeah. it was just like, oh, like sweet release. Like every time, like since Shadowkeep, they've been putting in these moments where it's like, no, guardians are like, we're taking the fight to the darkness. We're not just repelling it. We're not just like scared in our little city. We're going to. We're going to kill it uh, as much as we think we can. Right. And those moments always stand out and they're really, really yeah. great. So there was there was there was one towards the end where it's like very difficult mission where you're like jumping through the portals to go to the different levels and layers and the music. That, that was whole in the time final. Just, that was like the yeah. first part of the final mission. Yeah. 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 It just keeps you going. And it's I, really oh, good. Go through the wrong portal. She's like, ha ha ha, dumbass. One of my favorite moments <laughs> in the campaign was like you're uncovering these secrets of like, how did Savathun steal the light? And you find out she didn't she kind of just like mm -hmm. convinced some ghosts to you know raise her her uh, hive and turns yeah. out the traveler isn't as choosy as we thought he was and like just literally whoever will defend him or it there it's good with and like and the revelation that the traveler like the the revelation you finally find with like the um uh, the familiar, the warm familiar from like way mm -hmm. back at Fundament. First off, to actually find mm -hmm. that thing was interesting. And mm -hmm. then to like find out that the witness like lied to Savathun and like the hive yeah. are the way they are now. And there's like whole alien civilizations gone because mm -hmm. the darkness, or not even the darkness, the witness lied to Savathun and she yep. never knew. And you like big lie. and you yeah. thrust that truth upon her and she's like what you think you know me you think you know more and it's just like she, you literally you rattle sabathun and it was just so it, it, such a it, cool moment if anything it proves her point which i don't i don't know if we were going to get to this but like basically her goal right was to hide the traveler from the witness yeah, yeah. And, and the fact that we stopped her from doing it is a very interesting, you know, uh, turn of events because it's like, yay, we're triumphant. And then yeah. Ikora's like, I don't really feel like I don't feel like we really accomplished we much here. We can all die together now. Actually. Yeah, Plus, right. It's, it's exactly. It's just like during the original collapse where the traveler is like, well, mm -hmm. guys, I've done my duty <laughs> and I'm going to do what I did to every other civilization. Uh, I'm going to in hell. Out. And yeah. Rasputin's like. No, you That was such a cool. Yeah. You truly. That was such a cool start. You truly understand it. To that, yeah. Rasputin did it. Did us a solid. Yeah. You gotta always. That was such a cool start to the last it. mission, though. You like, you look up and the traveler's like already there, and you're just like, yeah. Oh, no. oh we're too late. <laughs> yeah. 
Honestly, I'm I'm honestly team Sabathun at this point. I'm like, let her let her res because she's going to. Yeah, her ghost got away, uh, so she could come back. Like, they're just they're yeah. they're just catalog. You're just kind of like waiting for all these expansion bosses. You're like, Aramis will become unfrozen. Mm-hmm. Eventually, Sabathun's ghost. They'll will all do become her new thing. disciples, or they'll all become my servant. <laughs> Or my it's gun. Like, this is some sort of oh, God. suicide squad. That was like the funniest. That was like one of the funniest <laughs> exactly. post campaign things. And you you're like working with Savathun's worm, and you trick it and turn it into a gun, and it's just like he was so he was funny. Just like, what what is this? What have you done? It was yeah. more like what is what have you done? Deception. That that mission was awesome for two reasons. Wormy, incredible best new character yeah. of all time. Yeah. And the fact that Mara has a Batman Justice League uh backup protocol. She has her where, tower, yeah. tower she, Yep, she has a tower where she's like, I know how to kill all of you if I need to. And you're like, uh <laughs> wait a yeah. second. Um like, yeah. like that that's kind of foreshadowing in yeah. some ways, I feel like, like. Yeah, no, I know about the dark future. You don't I don't want that to happen here. <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Eris is like, I get it. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I think she of all people would understand. Probably, too, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. literally, uh, dude, in the dark future, Eris is like worse than Sabathun. She's like the biggest mm-hmm. bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we'll we'll definitely get to uh to that stuff. So I think that's the in a couple things we'll we'll talk more about wormy and all that fun stuff. But um mm-hmm. how did you feel with I guess the revelation that with with the whole thing of like Season of the Lost, we get all of this lore, all of this stuff going, hey, Savathun's been asking about these ghosts, collecting dead ghosts, um, learning about everything from Osiris, uh, getting stuff kind of from Mara, and -hmm. just basically uh, utilizing the shit out of Ikora and the access she's giving uh, Osiris, more or less. And it's giving you all this stuff going it's making you think everything makes perfect sense the witch queen is the loose and brood this is exactly how it happens and then the mm-hmm. fact that it is like oh no actually that like she straight up act she breaks out of the crystal gets to the city and goes oh yeah hey i finally found you again i'm dead and hello again then old friend. Tra- <laughs> yeah and then traveler's like here you go and the ghost somehow already was pre- wardrobe change yeah. to starfish. <laughs> I have a feeling she and, just like made friends with Imaru and was just like, hey, right. I feel like yeah, I might die soon. You you might be cool with trying to raise me. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so then we, we get that and it's just like, oh well one, yeah, is the whole now this is how Hive Guardians came in, followed by, oh, did we mention that they're Hive were alive to that whole time? And they they really didn't need to do this whole thing, and they could have been, which is interesting too. Just looking at their, you know, the way like I guess like they portray different species, you get a feeling of that species more or less being evil for a while. Like you feel like the cabal are evil. You well, feel the like hive the are hive literally like the skeleton people for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, oh, they were almost chosen by the traveler. You're like, oh, that's so interesting. And the fact that it makes sense too, I guess, like with the Leviathan living down there and stuff. And he's actually, even though he sounds like a creepy creature, he's actually like more or less a creature of the light kind of compared to like, you have all the fucking worm gods below Mm -hmm. him, like just, and he's kind of like guarding them and whatnot. Uh, I did also like the whole, 
it, it brings in more of the, I guess, relationship between Ikora and Zavala at a certain point. Yeah. Where he's like, yo, I can't believe you fucking did this shit. And she's like, I did what I needed to do. And there's so much doubt, especially like post considering they were all tricked, especially Ikora uh, when she let Savathun in everywhere. And yeah. uh, there's so much question. And like the, it, it brings back the old Bungie advertisements where it's like uh, these people can't even trust them. Uh, who 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 trusts no one? Like, what's the truth? Uh, right. How far does like it feels like a whole uh, inside job and all this stuff? How far and does it go? Who's in it and whatnot? And the whole thing is like among everything else is everything is meant to build distrust in this whole campaign. It's kind of like uh, truth to power lore, where right. you're like, well, what's true and what isn't, and you do feel like they're really doing a good job giving Savathun's deception in this whole story even when she's not even talking to you you're questioning things because you don't really know what's true and what isn't and you're still trying to figure it out and then yeah you get the cutscenes that you get that reveal everything you're just kind of like now i just have more questions like that didn't right. answer that I, much for I, me I, I would say we got some massive revelations oh, yeah, like very the much so. oh, especially the, in the, the i think this right right i i feel like we finally got our first concrete answer that the darkness is just another Megamon. entity. Well, no, that's the thing is the witness is, is a race, right? Yeah. And the darkness is not it's inherent like to the witness. And this speaking of truth, to power, you know, the, in the garden and the winter like reading that story. Now that we know everything that we do from witch queen, you really start to see the just kind of neutral elements of both yeah. things. The fact that the, Traveler resurrected Savathun. The fact that the darkness has given us stasis and let us fight things like the Witness and its followers, you, you know, and that the Witness is obviously more of a deceiver than even Savathun is. Like that, that starts to get really. I think the next couple of months, people are going to start going back and rereading a lot of things, you know, going to Ishtar Collective and start going. Seeing it with a new light, right? Yeah. And, and uh, we still don't fully understand the ramifications of all the stuff that it were, were shown to us. So I, I like that element of, hey, we planned this all along. Now we're giving you the ties and the um, the trail to follow, right? Which is to your point, Cameron. So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. The and investigation aspect of this DLC was super fun, too. I like that. Yeah, it's yeah, cool. Definitely. Uh, and then the throne world as a setting i liked that it's like similar to oryx's throne worlds but at the same time it like looked more refined like it was a mm -hmm. a lot of it was like a nice like pristine garden almost it was interesting yeah. oryx is so busy taking he's not yeah. giving enough time doing decoration. and then there's just like a darkness <laughs> pyramid in the swamp <laughs> yep yeah no, it's uh, the the throne world is this. Once you realize that all of the kind of like green environment that you're walking on when it comes to like the castle itself is glass, that really that like changes. That's th th that's what I think. So or like mica, which is like a type mm -hmm. of mineral, because when you shoot it, it makes like a shattering, like shimmering oh, okay. sound. It doesn't make a rock sound or like a marble sound. It really feels like it's all made of glass. And that plus the fact that, you know, Sabathun's like visage is in the sky at times in this in the story really 
I couldn't help but think like how cool would it be to see like a, a tilt shift version where the camera is just watching on little guardians running around on it. Like what she's seeing, like yeah. it's a little like it's like a little uh, model. If you go to Disney, they have these artisans who make like the castle out of glass that you can go buy for like two million dollars oh, wow. for no reason okay. uh yeah it's it's, it's going Parents to downtown dread disney. going in there with their kids yeah exactly like, i dr- i dread going anything. in there because <laughs> after epcot you don't want to go anywhere near glass exactly you'll live here for the rest of your life cleaning it up um but yeah so it kind of it kind of reminded me of that of going to those exhibits and seeing these like gla- little glass castles and, and it's like i'm running around like a giant glass castle um and then i love that her red flowers are like a like a fungus, like um, a disease, because when you see in the season of the risen, just to not to go too deep into it, when her forces land on Earth and other planets, uh, that it spreads that flower, yeah. these beautiful it's Venetian like heads. Yeah, like a part yeah, of these, the, uh, yeah, exactly. Russia is like turning into her fortress. It's super yeah, interesting. Exactly, and it's like oh, normally stuff like Siva just kind of makes it gross and weird, but. Her disease turns it into Venetian hedges, <laughs> like and beautiful gardens. Like that's such a cool concept that like it's gross but beautiful at the same time. So the the throne world is just like I want to see a new season, which we'll probably get probably get the same way we did for season of the Lost, of finding new areas of the throne world because it's so big. Like you can do so much stuff with yeah, it. Yeah, there's so. stuff I still haven't even done. Like uh, right, you guys, right. I haven't oh, done yeah. a lot. I haven't closed any fissures. There's deep like site different stuff. tiers of deep site. There's moths to collect, kind of like you did with the penguins yeah. and other <laughs> stuff like that. That's the thing. I love and the exploration stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, there, there's so much to do. Um, and I think there's like ones where you kill a, a whole this whole set of like enemies to get these. I forget what the items are called. Yes. Uh, I've only done it once because I haven't focused on it because I've just been doing weekly. I, I do weekly stuff and I don't have enough start. time to do all of it. So I'm like, you got to do these missions because you can only do the percentage like 5% every I week. I got to get And it's to like it. a weird secret thing that nobody like knows like, what it truly is My mind has yet. just been, I need to guild all my seals again. <laughs> it's yeah, grinding no. strikes and <laughs> crucible. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, like everything in there is so interesting and you do have, you're like, I'm going through the castle. I'm going through the swamp. I'm going through this other, I guess, foresty area and stuff. And each one is like just different in terms of layout. And it's interesting. Just like there's sometimes Hive and Scorn just fighting. Mm-hmm. And depending on their territory, just has a different feel because they talk about how going into the other areas they're like yeah this is where savathun is focused like you know building the light and stuff and mm-hmm. here is where she's just uh, focused on locking away the darkness that was there originally because the whole thing was the throne world used to be pure darkness until she brought the light into it mm-hmm. and there are things like the pyramid ship that have been trapped there and other areas where she doesn't even access it like her people don't go there at all and it's just filled with scorn or potentially i guess more or less the original version of her hive that never were altered by the light or changed with what she did. She just kind of left them there. Uh, So that whole aspect was, I don't know, I just felt interesting because it brings into this thing where I guess you could call it like, I guess World of Warcraft level of world building where, Mm -hmm. you know, before when we first got everything, it was more or less here's, hive vex cabal fallen kill all of them more or less the same you get certain versions like here's house of winter house of devils here's sand eaters for cabal and all this other stuff 
but uh, these different factions are all still more or less completely allied with each other and there's nothing different. They're never at odds with each other. Right. And now we're getting like, yeah, we have House of Light, we have Keitel's Cabal, then they're nice and blue. And there's still like uh, Callus's people and maybe some Red Legion uh, remnant. And there's still House of Dusk and House of uh, Salvation and stuff. I think it was House of Sal Salvation, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now there's Dark Hive that are uh, Shivu Wrath and there's Light mm -hmm. Hive that are Savathun. And then there's potentially Old Light Dark Hive from Savathun. And just seeing these different factions now is just so interesting that we're finally at this level of like well here's our good cabal and then there's the bad cabal here's our good fallen there's the bad fallen and now teasing potentially at a certain point in the future because it's like it's kind of like that dragon ball feeling of they were our enemies now they're our friends in a yeah, later exactly. season and exactly. you kind of are getting that hint of yeah Savathun has been the main villain but now that she's seen the truth now that You've kind of gotten your revenge for literally everything, more or less. Like, will she be an uneasy, like, will she be our Frieza? Where, hey, we need you to fight in this tournament with us, but also mm -hmm. we know you have your own agenda and you could betray us at any moment. Uh, that type of thing where it's going to be super. You can imagine, like, it's funny, too. Like, it's very much a very, uh, we've gotten very matriarch matriarch like leadership yeah. society here focus all three main yeah. like all the different Keitel, uh mm -hmm. mara ikora and now savathun having them all come together potentially and at least you know mithrax is mithrax and stuff but like uh you do see like all this interesting versions of just like different societies and stuff and i'm very curious to see what it's going to come together with uh by the end of it i i definitely see savathun her moment of coming back could be very brief, but it, I can definitely see it being a moment where she goes, listen, you helped me see some things about my past that I never knew. So as a final big F you to the people who lied to me originally, I'll do something that helps you out big time. Yeah. Like just, just as like to get at, you know, it's like the good version of what they tried to do in rise of Skywalker. Um, <clears throat> sorry, come on. And, but yeah, anyways, that's that's all I that's all I need. I know I had to hurt you this way. Um, that's all we need. We just need a moment where she shows up briefly and goes, "I'm gonna go and do my own thing. I can come back later." But before I do, here's something that'll really, really mess with the darkness and the witness uh, in a way that they weren't expecting. That only I can provide to you. And then we get it, and it's like, thanks. I hope you don't try to, you know, it's yeah. like, I don't know what's going to happen, but it would be a really fun moment if it did, you know, because I, I think, I think in some ways we helped her more than we hurt her. Yeah. You know, she could always, it's like, now she, it's almost like you killed her, but it's like, it's like a crucible match where it's like, oh, I'll come back right after. It's fine. Right. It's, exactly. We're, it's not like we're standing guard over a corpse and tomorrow can't get over there. Yeah. It's just like, I'm at it. it's right. like just the way the strike works with, um, uh, what's his face? Um, uh, Ally Cool, the light blade. That's such now, a cool, like, where oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just a repeatable strike because he can just keep coming back because his coast gets away every time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it, yeah, <laughs> so it's just perpetual in that sense. Uh, almost like like the ribbon curse, uh, more or less, for the raid. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the third world was awesome. And then, yeah, getting into 
the Parasite mission with Wormy. And I will say too, Andreas, we've had plenty of fun banter uh in your discord server <laughs> of just talking about uh, wormy and just worms in general of whispers and parasite and stuff and just the voices of just th- like three hours wormy. of wormy voice <laughs> so good the interesting thing with this exotic mission which i think is or a, a exotic quest line which i think is the best exotic quest line we've ever gotten uh not like you know it's not like yeah, full quest line, yes. Yeah, full I agree. quest line. That's not a, a mission that's just re- replayable and stuff. Um, yeah. The other of which probably was the, uh, uh, I want to say the stasis grenade launcher, purely just yeah, for the fun okay. of the banter, because you have the ghost, you your ghost is just mm. imitating the drifter, the drifter the whole time. Yeah. And you're just, it's more of like just enjoyable for yeah, dialogue fun. than anything. Yeah. This one is like that, but it's not just, it's not humor dialogue, except when you just listen to Wormy talk in general. <laughs> but it's, the lore and just delving into the actual personality confidence distrust every aspect of marisav of just learning about her as a person because you know from taken king to season of the lost she is all-powerful queen that can blow up ships and create her own throne world and in like entomb queen other like hive gods and shit Mm -hmm. like she is all powerful and in this you get an unsure like i'm kind of winging it right now guardian like uh more or less you're gonna have to trust me well do you trust us no (laughs) yeah no the answer is no yeah (laughs) yeah no that 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 mission one of the things i really like that they've started doing since beyond light is making us go to lost sectors and then giving us like a little bit extra at the end. Like that's a, that's a really smart idea of, Hey, we have a door here. You can, you'll notice the door, but it could be anything. And then you get to actually go in a room or you get to see something new and it kind of pays off. Now, whenever you go through that lost sector, you're always going to think of that moment. Yeah. So it has this little extra value to this repeatable zone. Instead that of can unnamed get place you run in and yeah, go, I hope I got my exactly. exotic piece this time. Fuck. Exactly. The the amount the amount of things that you get in the in the um lore wise you get in the lost sectors now is really nice and this is one of the prime examples of that happening. Um and yeah, Wormy's dialogue was was great and anytime they actually pull the character into the world with you, it's just such a nice moment and we're getting more and more and more of it. So it was really cool to have Mara there. With the wormy doing the whole ritual incantation, you're just like shooting everything and barely holding on because it was there's a lot of enemies at the it end is, there. It was really yeah. fun. Yeah, so that was good. I really liked it. Plus, uh, this goes in line with the campaign itself, where you know the campaign you're unsure of things and they do full 180s on you, where they do like mm-hmm. the, you know the big reveals and stuff, and it, it takes everything you thought and just throws it in the garbage, and you're just like, I can't fucking believe what they just told me. And it takes you away from what you expect is going to happen. Just like in this one, they keep teasing. Mara's like, I'm going to take mm-hmm. the worm. And, I believed it. Yeah, I believed it. And I'm just like, I, can't, I hope really I was like, like, I can't believe she's going to do this. Literally the whole like, time I was just like, what would that even do? Like, I was yeah. thinking seasons ahead. I'm like, fuck, we're going to have to. She's going to do like a weird thing. And she's yeah. going to become a dark god. And maybe she's the real dark future thing. And it's not Eris now. And it's going to be her and all this other shit. And then, yeah, she just goes... 
Hey, remember Whisper? Remember when you put made Zola fucking gun? Uh, one of the biggest five, one of the big five hive gods is now just a sniper rifle for you, and he still gets his satisfaction just in a different way. But he gets his like sword logic uh, tributes, mm-hmm. and in this one, it's the same thing where you're like, oh my god, the queen's gonna do it, and she's like, psych. Hey, you're a grenade launcher now, and we're yeah. like, ah oh, no. Like, I said I'd get you a vessel. I didn't say it'd be me. Yeah. Deception. And he's and he's like literally like I'm never gonna speak again. And then he like two talks seconds later, next, yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, more, please, please. Are you teasing that we get more of this character? Because I I need I need a whole mission where I'm using the gun and I'm listening to him talk to me. Uh, <laughs> and he's like mad that it, that I'm killing stuff with him. Uh, and then also let's not forget the the effect of the weapon itself is so hive. Yeah. Like the fact that you have to hurt yourself to get buffed, like the whole like you're you're it's almost like a tribute, right? Your pain, your tribute of pain is giving you something in return. Like it's so perfectly hive that it's like the more exotic weapons start to kind of delve into the personalities and cultures of the races. It's just keep doing. I just love that if you actually look at the projectile, it fires. It's an actual tiny worm. Yeah, 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 and it's like wriggling. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and it's heavy too. Like it has a really deep yeah. arc, so you have to like yeah. aim it really high, and it's screaming the whole time. It's so <laughs> good, <laughs> so fucking good. Uh, I love that. Well, I mean, when you look at a definition, if you if you looked up sword logic in a mm-hmm. dictionary, and it just goes uh, example of use, the guardian equipped parasite, mm-hmm. and then that's like <laughs> it, you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, now that works. Now, it, it just, before it was just something hive related, or at least like right. it's focused on the hive now you get to just continue it more so and it it's so funny because i just wish now if there's cutscenes, i'm like can i just bring parasite with me yeah. so and he talks hear, <laughs> yeah he just talks in the the cutscene or something that'd be fantastic i mean like he does um i'll say it really fast without really getting into it yet but he talks during wellspring he talks mm. uh in preservation if you bring him there uh, that if you don't bring him, you don't get that oh, dialogue. So it's very interesting. Yeah, so he he does have dialogue in certain places, which makes me think like uh, I'm sure certain people found it, and it's like probably available on YouTube. But maybe there's certain areas that if you mm-hmm. do bring Parasite, unlocks other dialogue intrudes right. and we more chances know. to hear Wormy's sweet sweet voice. <laughs> what if you take um, him through the campaign? Oh gosh, just like how is this possible? <laughs> how am I here? I don't understand. <laughs> Deception queen killing me. <laughs> Seventh, take me back. More, feed more. <laughs> so fucking good. Like, yeah, it, it was just such a, such a fun. The just he, going through the campaign was more fun than the reward was more for me personally. Just because mm-hmm. I just enjoyed the dialogue. I, the, I like the gun just for the chance to hear him talk more than the effect of what it yeah. does. Though it, it does work in certain raids and stuff depending on what you're doing. Right. And then you go, okay, maybe I should just switch to Galhorn for certain things. Right, instead, right, actually. right. <laughs> I, was, I was wrong. I was wrong. Don't use, don't use this for this right now. But yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm. Um, and then the Vox Obscura quest. So this was just in line with the other ones like Presage, uh, mm-hmm. Whisper of the Worm, and uh, Zero Hour and whatnot. This one is interesting, though, because I want to say this is the shortest of the exotic missions but it's because it's the most time sensitive exotic mission because there's an actual time there's there's like two timers in this fucking mission 
and I've only done it once. But well, you're the only one who's beaten it. <laughs> okay, so uh, do you guys care how much I say? No, not really. Uh, no. Okay, yeah. so you know, you get the the interesting tease of Kettle saying like, "Hey, a bunch of my people are kind of committing treason and mm. attempting to unlock the darkness for themselves. They're trying to see like what it can do for them, uh, con considering like what it did for the fallen and for what it did for you guys and when, like the hive and whatnot." And your mission is to go into a base that they have set up on Mars. Now mm -hmm. they've established a base and take them out and find out who their leader is. And it's like very time sensitive. You're going through it and it's used, utilizing the, um, the uh, cabal, like I forget what the, the, the little, like the brute shopper. Oh, the interceptors? Type. Yeah, little crew. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're going through that. You're using that. They're but Because it's a fucking high tier mission you know those things are getting blasted mm -hmm. the shit and you're just like it's so big i'm a fucking massive target oh shit their fucking threshers are up there fuck and uh eventually though you unlock drakes which is really yeah. helpful and uh you're going through it does a really fun thing where as you're going through fighting everything they make scions like high tier enemies that are gold bars or yellow bars and uh they're even them versus a tank is actually threatening and everything feels threatening, even in a Drake. You're still able to kill everything, but there's also so many enemies and they're so strong that uh, you still have to strategize when you're going through the areas. And there's even uh, there's a point with towers that are extra shielded, so you have to destroy these yeah. shield generators That's as outside, far as I got. And then shoot in and destroy <laughs> them. And it's still on a timer. It's one of those things where uh, when you go through the uh, dungeon for Grasp of Avarice, the Sparrow Run, the timer is reset each time you go through and you know you're given there's certain like activities and all the different things in destiny that always add time for you when there's time uh, sensitive things this is the one thing where nothing gets added it's like uh nice. if you get through the area cool now new timer is here and you have to go through this area now it's only uh, area locked but otherwise like everything you're doing you have to do it as quickly as possible or else you're pretty much screwed zero hour was that same way i think what's it Okay. Yeah, where you got tw you got twenty minutes. Like, it was really easy oh, yeah, to yeah. speed run everything until the platforming, and then that's where a lot of people I know got tripped up. But I I, I didn't. Yeah. So I that one was. It's kind of like a kind of like a loop back to that format, basically. Yeah, and uh, going through the next area, it's more or less like inside you're fighting all these cabal, and there's a scion in charge they have to kill. And there's like certain points where the shields come up again in there too. You have to take those out and there's a lot of enemies that appear. So you're having to hop around and it's not really as big of a space as you want it to be. So you're mm. pretty much having to keep maneuvering to stay alive and also take out enemies and everything else. But it's, it's very much doable once you get your handle of it. Uh, it's, I can imagine probably for the, I'm, I'm sure there's triumphs to solo this stuff and I'm just like, Nice. I, I, count me out, but I'm sure you guys will have a great time with it. I don't have time for this shit. I just like doing it, and it seems like there's me more lore. And by the end of it, you know, Kettle's talking to you through the whole mm -hmm. thing. I think maybe Zavala was too, or maybe yeah, it's just Kettle. Yeah, yeah. Okay, they was, both talk so. to you. Yeah. The end, you find out like, hey, the sign was in charge, but he wasn't like really. He was uh, just kind of. They were funded by someone, and when you find out, you open a room. And it's like a Leviathan chest room, basically. Oh. And you find out they were funded by uh, Callus, And you're mm -hmm. like, 
Oh, this is very interesting. And he's, he's just them a goop to, now. <laughs> he he's funding them to do any communion form with the darkness, or at least yeah. like to check out the darkness. And you're like, okay, there's a chance. Like what I'm imagining, what this makes me think of, even though the whole thing about the uh, potential disciples for the pyramid ships is it seems like it's the last of a species that gets to become a disciple. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, but I feel like there's exceptions. I mean, you could tell, like, I feel like Eris is like, if there was a human disciple, it would be Eris Morn. Yeah. If there was an Awoken, it would be Mara, etc. I think she was actually approached to be a disciple. Mm -hmm. um, but it makes you think, is the Leviathan going to become some form of uh, hybrid pyramid ship? of some sort will callus be the disciple of that there then said ship will there be basically darkness cabal or some warped version of them and yeah i, I think that's a basically a guaranteed thing at yeah. this point because and, all they've been doing with his character is building up the story that all he wants to do is commune with the darkness as much as possible to the point where it's completely disintegrated his body he's literally nothing but an ethereal jelly of some kind at this point uh and that's why he beamed out of the system and why we lost our raid uh raids so four raids. yeah right right lost raid layers um <laughs> so I, i've been thinking about this quite a bit this this leads into a different thing about um raids in general where it's like really nice that we got vault of glass again but I wonder for our next legacy raids, are are they going to be tied into the current storyline a little more? Because if King's Fall comes back, I think they could easily make that a current event and not just a hey, go back in time and we're not gonna really acknowledge it. You know? It would be interesting so, if they did. I and then Leviathan as well could yeah, do the same thing. They could do that. Uh I I, I feel like they're just I mean, they're gonna for sure throw uh kings fall into the legend yeah. sector but yeah yeah god i want to see what the fuck that is. i want to know what's going on with the dreadnought personally but mm -hmm. uh, i know it's supposed it's to be like there. osiris went there before it's he got there. before he lost sagira and it was just like empty or something when he was there or just like it, it felt eerie and shit i'm not too yeah. sure um but yeah i i would love to i mean it brings into like well we'll talk about it soon with the whole like investigation stuff or like the activities but like the two truths and two lies aspect of Oryx is going to come back and you're like, oh, what the fuck? what's going on with that and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, Vox Obscura, one last thing for it is the pinnacle reward. Uh, I mean, the exotic you get is pretty high uh, amount of like power uh, in terms of like it's, it's upper uh, when you unlock it. But that's not the pinnacle reward when you're doing the exotic. I think it's like champion kills or something. And the way it is, it seems like you have to do like three runs three or four runs with one character just to get the pinnacle for the week yeah and that was weird i was like why would you want us to do that if you're not really maybe, potentially going to get re repeat award rewards and stuff each maybe time. the timer maybe the timer aspect means that they're like hey emphasizing you should just be speed running this yeah, potentially maybe. eventually you'll get really good at just killing the very specific things it tells you to kill because i noticed that the first half that i got to get through it was just like kill the tanks like so if you and a team of a couple people just go and only focus those tanks you can get through it a little faster i think yeah but i do the appreciate is, uh, the time limits on it just because i do like that it's i guess shorter 
in the aspect mm-hmm. of like we've gotten very long campaign which i do love i i love that we're getting long ass campaign missions i do like that we have other forms of long content currently like grasp of avarice is pretty long mm-hmm. So it's nice to have a couple things, though, that are quick run-throughs, just so mm-hmm. there's a good balance of like, well, I only have time to do this, this, and this. I don't have time to do this. So uh, that one I appreciate, where it's short, but they make it so you want it to be as short as possible just so you can make it in time. So you don't really complain about it, really, in terms of that right. sense. Uh, next up is the, I guess, like main activity for the throne world, which is Wellspring. And I think there's like, it's like pretty much two versions. There's attack and defense and defense. You're pretty much like, uh, holding zones and then attack is, uh, killing the little like pyramid, uh, little mini pyramid, the symbol Mm -hmm. things that are glowing and just, it's fun because it's just insane ad like yeah. farming more than anything and yeah. you're just killing a shit ton of scorn uh which is really fun and i guess the scorn is the attack and hive is the mm-hmm. defense if i remember correctly i think so mm-hmm. yeah and you get you get pretty much mixed uh mixed uh, dialogue from Ikora, finch wormy is there at certain points too and he just i think he's just like sassy during it yeah. as well <laughs> So it's not like crazy lore wise, but it's just fun because the whole thing is it's post campaign and they're talking about how the scorn are trying to mm-hmm. uh, take advantage of the situation now that everything has yeah. gone and you're there to more or less keep order. <laughs> I, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's something like uh, I think scorn is the attack version because you're trying to get them out of wherever they are. And then the hive defense one is like, you're trying to keep what you stole from the scorn or something? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Which is, I, I like the idea of that just because it does make sense. Like, I guess in terms of the way the type of mission it is with the type of enemy works lore wise as well. So yeah. I do appreciate I also that. appreciate that it'll tell you what the um, reward is for the day. So if you're trying mm-hmm. to chase a specific yeah. weapon, it's like, oh, okay. So I'll, I'll definitely play this today that that's the that's the hard part too is that that mo that it's a fun activity but it can get lackluster because of how often depending on how much you want a specific weapon yeah. shape that's available right. for it i you're still farming need like two weapons a lot for the last potentially yeah. i i still have a lot i'm like i'm still at tarnation and well we'll get to it soon enough but yeah it, it's a it's a whole thing anything else on wellspring that's why this one was like a short yeah. one i felt like uh, this kind of goes into weapon shaping, but Wellspring is one of the new activities that can provide a special visual effect that you can put in your shaped weapons, which is kind of cool. I think Gambit drops it as well, and something else drops it, but uh, I know the first week it was almost impossible to get, and they fixed the drop rate on that, but I think that's a really nice direction to go, where it, it's like, Give me something to show off a little bit similar to season. Uh, there was armor in the past that were before you could just buy glows. There were glows that you earned and like effects on the armor that you could earn over time. I forget which specific armors did it, but uh, I think it was during the um, Guardian games. And one year they did that. Whereas like your armor just looked cooler because you played the Guardian uh, game stuff more. I know often. Solstice did that once. Yeah, solstice, solstice, yeah, that, solstice that, when you that's get the what final I was version, thinking. it would give you the glows. 
It was the crack. It's like the crack stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. It was really cool. So doing that with guns is a great idea, and I hope they continue to push. For, like every activity, honestly, should have one. Yeah. Why not? For sure. So. I still need to tonight. No, I I still have to get the catalyst for Striga. I just forgot. <laughs> I got it yesterday. I, I got. I didn't realize when you go to a. I forget who you can go to, and you can basically buy two ascendant alloys. And I was like, oh, thanks. Yeah, that was a that was a our bad uh present from Bungie Rahul. Yeah. Cause cause you yeah couldn't get them very easily like they weren't dropping so they let you get two for one that one week and yeah. I got one from the campaign as well yeah. or at least the yeah. yeah. So now I'm like cool. I can do my catalyst because yeah. Are those needed for? I haven't checked, but are those needed for other weapons too? Besides just, Shriga. Ju- well, the there's an exotic glaive, right? There's three. Exotic oh claims. god so I that's what like they're for oh, <laughs> you need shit. you need to make them and then you need to catalyst them oh, as well so that's fuck. what the ascendant ascendant alloys drop from uh it's the weekly think, campaign mission i thought wellspring on the hardest difficulty also dropped them but maybe, maybe not um, so anyways i haven't done that yet master wellsprings might be a nightmare and we i didn't even notice where it yet. was like I, when i click on it i didn't see an option to even choose that difficulty i think you have to unlock it Oh, I'm not that high tier enough, mm-hmm. probably with Finch. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. it's the throne yeah. world. You got to unlock the higher wellspring tier. Which I almost forgot. Just real quick side note: um, Finch. We didn't really talk about Finch as a character. That was a very interesting reveal when you know you first see him and you're just hearing him and it's like, <laughs> "What are you? The fuck are you guys doing here? Like, what, you're kind of fucking his, things his up." His dead guy right next to him yeah. the whole time. Really good stuff. It just he's like, "I just chose not to res him, but I can help you guys out." And your yeah. your ghost is just a total asshole to him mm-hmm. like the entire time, which I just honestly I didn't. Our, our ghost, I don't like my ghost the entire campaign. I did not oh, like wow. my ghost. Yeah, I was like, he's just. I mean, I get it. He doesn't trust anything after all these betrayals and just unease and all this stuff. But he's just so mean to everyone, practically, uh, that you communicate with. It's like new or whatnot. Um, and I'm just like, yo, cool off, man. Uh, <laughs> you're my ghost. And I know like I'm just like a kind of husk that runs around. But, you know, I wish I had more control over what you say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Finch himself, I... I found him interesting and i i really want more from him like i at a certain point you know the dialogue the new types of dialogue just kind of hit a stop with him specifically um so i i really do want to know more about him and just hear more and just like is this just gonna be a ghost without a guardian forever or i find it really like, funny his guardian is just like right. dead he just refuses to raise him mm-hmm. yeah he's like yeah i or don't like, have to would- so just if he ever kind of brings him back or not or whatever uh and then there's amaru who you know you learn about through the patrols and he's just like hey neon nerds nah, fuck him, fuck <laughs> his him. voice is so good yeah yeah and then but- if you do the i think specifically the uh i forget what they're called but like the higher tier patrols he then specifically speaks to himself in third or refers to himself in third person as daddy amaru and you're like wait what who is this man? Yeah. He's like, our, hey, everyone, Daddy Amaru here. Our ghost says that they know he knows him. Yeah, he's like, he was a bully to the other non-like ghosts in the beginning. And I'm like, yeah, what the, that's mm. so random. Yeah. So I, I wonder if they'll build that out. You will have a little ghost off at some point. Just yeah. 
tri tribunal of ghosts that we all know now. Oh, sorry, never mind. Not Sagira. She's uh, yeah, Sagira. Yeah, I oh. thought we were gonna bring her back, but eh, guess not. No, we got we got Glint, we got Amaru, we got Finch, we got our ghost. So and then the other ghosts that we never see or hear from. Even Kid's ghost never had a voice, and then just gets fucking exploded. So whatever happened yeah. to that flying thing that Elsie uh, Bray has? Oh yeah. oh yeah, that weird creature. Yeah. The trailer, and everyone was like, "Is that her ghost? Doesn't look like a ghost. What is that thing?" It's like, don't yeah, talk about it. it. It's one of those things where it's been now a year, like because she's only in the expansion. We never actually got anything else from Elsie, and we're just kind of like, now what? It's not going to be like another set of like how many years before we see her again, is it? Like, well, it became like not. a meme almost that like. Ikora never does anything. It's been this many days since Ikora has done something, and I I feel like that's one mm -hmm. of the reasons why they made her so important for this DLC. Very much so. Now it's now it's like uh uh when you I guess you look at all of it, you're just kind of like okay, so now who's next up on the chopping block? Well, I guess Hawthorne, Devram, and Failsafe for the next three of just kind of like hey, remember these guys? Yeah, I like Failsafe, but I rarely <laughs> yeah, go to Anessis anymore, so. <laughs> I mean, Devrim's the, the only one I cared about. I liked him a lot. I, I like Failsafe's like that. That's no land beyond, man. Give me the give me the gun, dude. <laughs> like he's been he's been holding it for this whole time. Just give it back to me. He can't. You uh, can't. He's he's perpetually living in a church, just kind yeah. of shooting, falling there. He's yeah. just he is the guy that's like dregs in the eighties. I haven't slept like, in four years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Really. Actually, Jesus. there's there's one more thing I want to say about Fitch. I got a piece of dialogue from him. That was so weird, and I don't know, you know, don't quote me on this one because I need to go find it again, where he said to me, hey, you know how us ghosts, we have a piece of the Traveler in us. That's kind of interesting when the Traveler made us. Does that mean that you have a piece of whoever made you? And I felt like that was a really interesting way to point out this fourth wall breaking thing that they've started to do where they've addressed the player as an entity in the universe a couple times now where there, there's been a couple lore books where they're like yeah I feel like I'm doing stuff that I'm not really like in full control of and something's making me do things and I, I, the more that they kind of go into that it's like how far are they going to go? It's just kind of just like little tidbits. I don't know. You know, so who knows? Yeah. Maybe someday there will f be a full moment where a character just like looks at the screen and is like, hey, you <laughs> with the controller in your hand. And you're like, whoa, you know. So I, I, I don't know how deep they'll go, but that line really stood out to me. And he has quite a few interesting lines. Apparently he has an exo specific line talking about deep stone and stuff like that. Huh. Like if you're if me exo. So go go look into this because uh, I don't I, I don't think uh, everyone I, don't, I feel like there's stuff we haven't found yet as a community around him. And he's just kind of weird in general, so yeah, you know, we still don't know if his allegiances are truly hundred percent on on our side. So, nah, that makes sense, honestly. And looking at time, we are limited yeah. with what we can talk about. So, <laughs> yeah. what I think we'll do is this is Witch Queen Part One and <laughs> Part Two. So we could we have enough time. I think we could talk about specifically weapon sh weapon shaping and maybe Void mm -hmm. Two Point Oh. Uh, and then part two, we'll talk about the raid, preservation, on um, the, the investigation board. That way we can at least talk about the exotics too that you get from yeah. it. Uh, and then like, uh, yeah, just exotics in general and season of the Risen uh, when we... Yeah, Risen is big enough that I think we could... 
yeah about some time and then here. with the uh raid you know talking about the raid itself mm-hmm. we'll take time plus we could talk about rolk and stuff mm-hmm. who's you know rolk's rolk and his whole background so that'll be plenty uh to do in like a part two and once we get to probably the end of the season uh we'll do an episode on that i think will be enough time because that's also enough time for everyone to do the raid too and do it enough mm-hmm. time so they yeah, can explore I, do everything in preservation i started looking into the raid lore and like how to I haven't looked up a video on how to do the raid yet because I don't I'm I don't really care about spoilers and stuff. It's just I know it takes so long to figure that stuff out. Like if you go in blind that mm-hmm. I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, and from what I've seen, like I absolutely want to play this raid. It, it looks like yeah. lore wise so like important for what's going on yeah. in Destiny. So uh, weapon shaping really fast. Uh we're already talking about it a bit and just like uh, ascendant alloys but uh, i like the idea i just the execution could be uh better and they've already addressed think... it like okay we heard mm-hmm. the initial uh, issues of like the inventory size like the amount of resources you can hold is like terrible the capacity so they so they changed yeah, they already like doubled yeah. it and then like i think they already said that for the next season they're gonna simplify it and it's not gonna have like three different types of uh resources is just gonna be like yeah one. why bother yeah which uh is it that they doubled it or is it unlimited now i thought I they doubled sure. it okay because that was like when i noticed the little red text of like hey you're about to max out not come up when i had all the because i because it happened and i couldn't shape anything yet because i didn't have anything new that i wanted because i haven't been farming wallspring and i still didn't have the ascendant alloys for striga so i'm like i can't do anything um I just started vaulting all my finished attuned weapons that were ready to just like mm, yeah. uh, hit. And then once, yeah, it changed, I just uh, activated all of them and got all the rewards from each one. And I'm like thinking two things. I'm like, either it's unlimited because I'm doing like a dozen of these or mm-hmm. they just, I, I was worried. I'm like, is it, am I like doing this, but there's no more red text and I'm just not getting it. <laughs> just I'm like, deleted I'm all like, of fuck. it. fuck. So I was like slightly worried a little bit, but it didn't show up. So I was like, okay, cool. I think I'm fine. But I I just don't like that. I guess for certain ones, it takes so yeah, long. That's the thing. Because I, you have to farm. It's like just the length of I time, thought it was which fine I get, I guess. When it was like, I thought it was just going to be just do one of them and then you get it. Like just like, you know, try it out essentially. But some of them, yeah. you have to attune like five weapons and you got to find yeah. five mm-hmm. attunable ones. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That that can take a while. And then once you do it, you have to, when you finally, and finally, then the real grind finally happens. shape the weapon, now you have to kill with it and get to level, all of them are level 16 uh, to get like the max amount to unlock all traits within the gun. Yeah. And it, it's like, I get it. You know, in a sense, because you are creating the god role. Mm-hmm. You're either creating right. the, the role thing. you want, or you're making the god role, uh, and you don't have to farm for the god role. You just have to farm to make it instead of yeah. potentially find it or something. So I uh, do get, like, I guess the sense of like, well, you got to really earn it if you're yeah. not going to be like farming just to find something randomly uh, to have it potentially drop. Maybe uh, just like how many times I think I was using raid spoils to get the fucking like getting succession and heritage god rolls and stuff uh mm-hmm. in uh in the deep stone and whatnot so i get it but it's still just frustrating at certain points depending on how much you want something uh for me personally the only the the frustration comes from the fact that more or less uh the investigation board quests that you have to do yeah i'm stuck on that because i got two more weapons i gotta forever. do mm-hmm. 
I'm still early in it. I'm I'm like in the point where I'm at come to pass in Tarnation. Yeah, that's and I just recently got come to pass, and I'm like finally, and I'm like Tarnation. Oh right, shit. I don't know if I've gotten a single attunable Tarnation yet. I just got a Tarnation. I didn't even get it attuned. I was just I finally unlocked Tarnation. I was like, oh my god. It's it yeah. There's some things they really need to rebalance. Like for instance, if you're gonna need all these guns. And you need to be able to shape all of them for this other quest. It should just be the first time you get it. It's always mm-hmm. a red version. Like there's yeah. no reason not to do yeah. that. The se- the second thing that I'm noticing is the whole point for me of shaping is time, right? Like if I don't have time to keep playing Grasp of Avarice or whatever big pinnacle thing over and over again to get those god rolls, then reward my time with something that. I know what I'm getting into, right? That that to me it seems like that's the goal. That's why you would make the system in the first place is to reward the people who don't have time but still f- have them feel like they have a sense of journey or to, you know um leveling up overall. But at this point it's more of a slog than anything and also there really is just that one meta version of the gun to, yeah. that you want to work for and that that to me defeats the whole purpose of crafting weapons like if there isn't multiple ways I want to go with this gun that I have to kind of decide through, then just give me that best version. Like you guys know what it is. Like Bungie knows what the best version of the gun is. We're going to figure it out in less than a week. So just give me that version of the gun. If I, if I level it up. Right. But no, instead I, I feel like it's, it's something designed for new players or returning players that haven't played the game in a long time. And it does not, reward them in any way no, no you know it only rewards just... the people like us who are going to go do the research who are going to try things out word of mouth from diehard other diehard veterans you know uh but with that being said that's the legendaries the exotics you know i just got striga catalyst last night that's good oh like, yeah that that is how more exotics need to be in my opinion where it's like you're being rewarded for using this exotic and you get the catalyst guaranteed for using it for a million years. <laughs> There's so many weird specific things you have to do for every single exotic to get its catalyst or to boost the catalyst up when you get the random drop. It's like you can see a lot of legacy things that they're trying to phase out. And I, I wouldn't be surprised that if, you know, in a year from now, all the new exotic weapons are craftable instead of being drops from some sort of quest or something. Kind of like retroactive, uh, just like they're doing... Um with the void to like changing the light right uh, class exactly 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 yeah. like like you can see them always going in the right direction in some form but then there's just like two things that are just a little tweaked off and it's just like just just fix those now don't yeah. make us you know wait and you know it's like uh one thing i do like about the crafting weapons because you know you're gonna get the god roll eventually because you're gonna create it right is right. uh normally when i fill up my vault because i'm just like i don't want to deal with like in that very mm-hmm. moment i don't want to deal mm-hmm. with all the weapons i just got so I just and then throw later them you'll figure it and out I'll, yeah, yeah I'll go to the, like light.gg look at all the rolls mm-hmm. and like their ratings and everything else I'm like oh okay i'll get rid of this and this and it's like mm-hmm. a whole process for these weapons that are craftable now and if i already have that crafted weapon or the crafted version then I don't even have to think about all the drops I'm getting for them. I'm just like, delete, right. delete, delete. I don't care anymore. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You, you're no longer necessary. That is what I that love. That has been the nice, just like in terms of time. Eventually just needing the one. And if I want to spend the resources, I can just like make it whatever I want. Yeah. 
yeah yeah at least with the guns that i feel like are s plus tier because like there's actually grannies for for certain apps and stuff uh i'll make sure to masterwork them but sometimes i won't remember that that was a s tier uh that i masterworked is maybe it was just some b or c tier that Mm-hmm. I did because it was just all I had at the time. Yeah, exactly. but I try to do it just so if I know I have something masterworked, I'm like, well, if it's already masterworked, uh, if there's another gun that comes out of that's the same type, uh, I can just delete it because I know I already have the the best version of it. Right. And sometimes I, I don't know because I got that I, I did the masterwork for the B and C, so I'm like, wait, was that the S tier one? I have to look it up and all this stuff. So that that is one thing, another version of like because the uh, weapon shaping makes that not. A, an issue anymore yeah. uh, is just that time saver thing. It's a step in the right direction, but if they continue to limit, let me let me rephrase that. They're going to have to limit how many weapons can be shaped for it to be worthwhile at all. Yeah. The moment they start adding old guns from the pool that we've seen before in any capacity into the shaping, is the moment the whole game's economy gets wrecked. <laughs> and I'm very worried because they keep saying we're going to add more guns into this pool of shape weapons. It's like, well, why not just do it for everything? Like yeah. the moment you start adding old stuff into this, you just now have made me go. I don't know what matters. I was anymore. honestly. You yeah. To, yeah right? I was confused when I saw the list of the uh, tunable or shapeable weapons was like so small. I was like, wait, I thought it was right. going to be like all weapons, but whatever. Right. Yeah. But that's the only way it can work that now looking at it and seeing how much roles still kind of matter in the general economy of, of the loot pool. Like you have to do it that way. Otherwise there's no, no reason to have it whatsoever. Uh, and if you guys don't have a season of the risen pulse rifle yet, uh, shapeable, go get one. Cause it's, uh, yeah, that's, not a, that's the thing. Like, I guess in more time <laughs> sensitive manner, uh, not, I guess not related to investigation board, but, uh, you know eventually season of the risen will be gone so it's like you Mm want to make sure that you prioritize getting the season of the risen shaped weapons so Mm -hmm. you can have those forever uh, which will be useful um but we already passed the two hour mark i think i'm going to add void 2.0 in the part two of which queen discussion uh so one other thing too i remember james we never got to cover the 30th anniversary stuff oh yeah well that's so we'll Ooh. we'll save that for next time <laughs> that kind of works because yeah, I, like I still haven't to... done the uh average dungeon yet oh my god we i need to... a gallhorn let's all, all three of us let's do it you don't have gal oh no. my god yeah we could yeah we could do it today we'll get it we'll get all cat a catalyst yeah. easy too yeah it's super I definitely easy. need to eat um, first no yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure for, we, got, we got time <laughs> but uh yeah well so we'll do uh next time i think either in may or june uh we'll do the episode i'll time it so it's right either at the end of we'll see if there's more at the very end of season of the risen or if it's like well enough time i'm uh in may like i said or latest is june because i think that's when we get the new season is uh somewhere in mid-june uh but Mm -hmm. we'll talk about 30th anniversary season of the risen uh the valid disciple raid preservation the investigation board exotics all the exotics that we got from this armor and guns and uh void 2.0 so we got a good amount it's just, I think the the main thing that took the most time was the lore itself and the story. Yeah, yeah it was but a lot. We'll, we'll have it's raid huge. lore <laughs> this time, uh, next time, I guess for sure. Uh, plus all the risen talk as well for that story, but and Goonies vow that this, uh, Goonies yeah. uh, 30th anniversary <laughs> stuff for sure, for sure. Halo talk a little bit, but mm-hmm. yeah, that'll be next time, guys. Uh, and then 
Uh, if you guys, of course, you know, want to contact us, send us any questions, uh, comments, feedback, you can at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com. Once again, the title of the show at gmail.com. Uh, you can subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on, whether it's a uh, podcast or YouTube. And then if it's Apple Podcasts, give us that five-star review, Spotify, rate us, and then YouTube, give us that like as well as the subscribe. Uh, if you can, you know, check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, for now, we're still just active at the moment on Instagram, but it's all at Sutra mm-hmm. Side Talk. Uh, you can follow James on Twitter at InvaderJim124. You can follow me on Twitter at GoGoComzilla. And you are still the glaive, of course, the enigma. Not today. Oh, you're not. Today, you can follow me at, at Dandy underscore plays. I'm going to start using it again. So. <laughs> are you going to, are you going to just out of curiosity, are you going to potentially stream again at, this, at a certain point? We'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm feeling better about that. I, I have two PCs, so I'm like ready to do the two PC setup so that the quality is, of the 3080 Ti actually comes mm-hmm. through because otherwise it gets halved when you're streaming on one, one machine. So that's one of the reasons I stopped. Interesting. Would you be um, a, would you be a Twitch streamer? Or would you be an edgy YouTuber or Facebook streamer? YouTube because then I get that freaking 1440p quality. Oh, you do act. Oh shit. Have you seen? Have it. you seen it, dude? I, I, we'll, talk, I, we'll talk about that later. Okay, okay, it's yeah, yeah. insanely nice. All right. So. Yeah. Follow my Dindy plays. Yeah. We'll have it in the show notes. You can follow them there as well. Uh, and then of course uh, we will. I, I am saying it. I'm calling it now. We will this month for sure have an episode on Horizon Two for Ben West. I will have it done. I will play the shit out of it. I'll plan them <laughs> it. This month, it will all happen. Oh, maybe not thought. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> if it's one playthrough, then yes. If not, yeah. then fuck. Uh, we will also potentially this month do an episode on because the actually coming out, came out today. I'm gonna watch it a little bit. Uh, the final episode to Attack on Titan uh, should have just came out of this season. Of this fucking whatever the fuck they're doing. I don't mm-hmm. fucking know. Mm-hmm. Is it gonna be a movie? A season? I don't know. They probably already said it, but we've been recording, so I don't know. Wait. They said today. They said today. Twenty twenty three is the final. I thought season. that was final, a final, joke. Final, final, final oh, so, oh, so it's a part it? three. I'm so mad. Oh, never mind. <laughs> All right. Well, well, but yeah, yeah. we'll have that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll still talk about part two. Uh, I don't know if we, James did we talk about part one. For what? Oh, for Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan. I don't know if I we ever we got did. One. We might have. Yeah. No, we did. I think. We did. I, I remember yeah. being um, like uh, talking about how I was so confused where it ended and just being like, "Wait, that's." supposed to be the finale well, yeah what <laughs> Chris, i don't know if you would want to come on for that or not for a second side i mean hey you'll need moral nah. support at least okay <laughs> all right and then um Aaron's we'll, the bad guy now. well uh <laughs> i think i'm gonna try to get momo back on again too because i have two more enemies to talk about um for sure i don't know if you watched it was uh yashihime and my dress up darling which i actually i've been told to watch her that. and chris schneider's recommendation uh so there, there's a lot to talk about mm-hmm. there um but yeah maybe it'll just be all one episode it'll just be a big anime episode we'll, we'll figure it we'll figure it out it's just another fun anime time and then um i think we'll also be talking soon about uh there's a ton of shows and still movies backlogged but uh james we just watched uh everything everywhere all at once so we'll be talking about that soon uh maybe May maybe because I don't even still know if we're gonna see it in theaters or not. Uh, a certain don't, don't say it. Just don't even say it, man. <laughs> the, the more, the don't, more. don't say the M word, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Morbius. I don't even know. I, I put Andreas. I don't know if I told you. I put a poll on Twitter and I said I've seen Batman three times. Should I see it a fourth time or not or watch Morbius? 
can uh, say right now, seeing it a fourth time is winning. Morbius is in second place. I, I answered Morbius. Oh, you did? On that, that poll. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, it's really good. Uh, oh, shit. But yeah, we got all that stuff coming up. And then eventually, you know, uh, Moon Knight and Halo will finish. Uh, if I actually watch all of Halo, I still don't know yet. So that's going to be a fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I even got Oren might come on for that. And I don't want to. I'll be the most positive person. We'll see. But yeah, we have all these things coming up. So there's a lot of content to get through. Uh, But until then, we will catch you next week. Thanks for listening. See you later. Have a good one.